Hey folks, welcome to the Mountain and Marsh Podcast, an outdoor-driven podcast where we also go in on and talk shit about pretty much anything. Hope you enjoy. Also, if you enjoy this custom music, this was produced by Stephen Mathias Music. Find Steve on his website, www.stephenmathiasmusic.com. This podcast is brought to you by Ward Business Group, Central Maryland's premier construction management and general contracting company. They are licensed and insured and provide a full range of services and products. Their services include, but are not limited to, lawn and landscape, excavation and land clearing, welding and custom fabrication, and snow removal. They also have products for sale, such as sand, stone, mulch, and firewood. Ward Business Group serves Central Maryland and the surrounding areas. Ward Business Group is an affiliate of Invisible Fence brand of Carroll County and Invisible Fence brand of Delmarva. Check them out on Facebook via their website, or you can contact Justin Ward with any inquiries at 410-984-4020. All right, everybody. <laughs> Chris and his brother Josh uh, from 3B. Um, we're just going to bullshit today a little bit about some stuff. Uh, we'll just make it a we'll make it a good podcast instead of a boring ass <laughs> interview podcast. <laughs> um, so I don't know. Uh, we'll start out with you know I don't th- I don't think I have anything to go over this week in terms of housekeeping stuff. I did want to say that. I got my mallards back from Garrett, uh, avian, uh, Martin's avian taxidermy. And I actually told him, I gave him those birds and I only gave him those birds because I shot that hen and she was so pretty. I was like, all right, I'm going to get her mounted. And, um, I gave them to him and he's like, what do you want? And I was like, I don't give a shit. Like whatever you want to do. I said, don't tell me. And then he did that and I, I got it back. And that yeah, it it, awesome. it, it's sweet, yeah. Oh yeah, it's gorgeous. Yeah, I'm pretty pumped on that thing. That's I guess stud mallard too, dude. Yeah. yeah, I guess next, next. Uh, I actually got that in Carroll County. I guess next year or next season, I'm hoping to get something else to get mounted. Where'd you kill that at? Uh, Tawny Tail. Hell yeah. Actually, that that same group we had some blacks hanging around, and they just like always came in last and would dodge us. Like we. We'd shoot at the mallards and they'd disappear, and we'd see the black ducks flying away. Like, fuck! It's like, it's like the bird in the hand. It's like right. here they are, shoot them, and then right. look over and be like, fuck! Right. I killed what? a bufflehead on a pond in New or a stream in New Windsor, just floating down this little creek in the woods. You were the bufflehead was. <laughs> That's story for a different day. <laughs> Just in a tube in your way. 
floating, nice out, out, here. floating out a creek with a shotgun. <laughs> Sneak hunting. I've always wanted to do that on the Monoxy. I've always had. We've talked about doing it a million times, and we're always like, now nah, let's just go sit on the bank like always. But well, you, Josh, you, he kayak hunts down Tar Bay and stuff. Don't oh, you? yeah, Tar Bay and uh, down in Fishing Bay. Me, me and my buddy Timmy will just get in our kayaks and just float all day no long. Shit. Yeah, man, it's awesome. I just sold my kayaks. I'm actually dropping them off to somebody tomorrow, but I have been – I'm in the uh, – market for a boat i'm gonna get a boat but i have been thinking about hard about getting a kayak or a creek boat i don't know if you've ever seen creek boats oh yeah i've been thinking about getting a creek boat too just because i fell in love with them when i seen them. i was like these things are badass but there's a couple different styles of boat that i like um i just i think the one's a golden eagle um but yeah i, I, I really want to get like a shallow water self-propelled or a trolling motor propelled boat right. and putts around. I think that would, I think it'd be so much fun to hunt like that. Uh, well, two years, two years ago, we started kayak hunting down there at fishing Bay. Last year, we actually bought a 12 foot John boat and put one of those long tail mud motors on it. Oh man, you can't beat it. I think I'll push you through two inches of water. It's awesome. Didn't it, you get stuck one time in the mud in your kayaks? Oh Yeah. Had to sit there for about six hours waiting for the tide to come back in. Yeah, it was pretty scary. You couldn't get out because it was so muddy, right? Yeah. You step out and you sink up to your nuts. Yeah, we had we had some other guys from D- Dylan's buddies down in Glen Burnie, and they were telling us that they, like, they would run a, even a mud boat in, but literally get completely stuck on land. Mm. And they had to pick up, de- like it was going to get dark, and they had to pick up decoys, and they were up to their stomach in their waders trying to get to their decoys and shit took them hours to get like a dozen and a half or two dozen decoys. This place that we hunt with Garrett who does the taxidermy, there's literally like, it's a, it's one of the dairy farms uh, that his, his family has. And there's literally one way to get to where they hunt wood ducks and it's through where all the cows go. And it's like this mud pit of hell, like never ending story. You know, when the dude loses his horse and there's no way to get in and out of there. And it's like, all right, you got to suck it up and let's go. Finally, I think they put some boards down. But I remember the one year, the lead other guy from 3B, he went and his waders came off. And he's like, pull me out. And we're like pulling him out of his waders and stuff. And it's literally just this, like probably five yards, but there's no way to get through it without. I just remember, I remember the first time I went with you guys down there. And he's like, hey, Chris, carry this blind. And you're like, oh, man, all right, we only got to go like 25 yards. 400 yards later, carrying this 300 pound blind. Oh, my blind. God, dude. <laughs> Yeah, we, we've had some spots like that over the years. We had one, it got sold and we lost it, but we used to hunt this flooded timber that ran into a pond in Carroll County. And uh, it was wood duck heaven. We'd bust the shit out of wood ducks mm. all the time, no matter when we went. And there was a bunch of geese that would come in too. But to get there, you had to cross a water-filled, like five-foot gutter. So you had to really watch your step with a headlamp on carrying a hundred pounds of decoys on your back like yeah holding your shotgun up over your head yeah. jump at the right time and i'm too short so every time i'd end up in the fucking water so but it was it was one of those spots where like there were we'd screw hooks into the trees mm-hmm. and you'd stand with your gun on a strap like beside you in a tree you felt like you were in arkansas but That's you were cool. in like tawny town <laughs> like, That's cool. it was pretty cool. pretty cool yeah for sure I've, i think i think i've hunted i think i've gotten stuck in my waders hunting waterfowl 
Like I've had more hardship hunting waterfowl than anything else. I don't. Sometimes I wonder why I even still do it because I'm not that fucking good at it anyway. <laughs> or at least I don't hunt in the greatest spots. <laughs> like I, I'm pretty good at it by now, but like we just don't hunt in the greatest spots. So I put myself through hell for like two mergansers or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, sweet. Who who wants to eat these? Dog food. I didn't realize how big they were until I started getting into it. Yeah, freaking dinosaur penguins, man! Oh man, when I when we saw you guys kill that one, you and Goldhammer killed that one last year from across Cadoras. When me and Timmy were sitting on the far side, it looked like a like a pterodactyl. Oh, it hit the water! It the hit water. the water like a like a World War II bomb. Yeah, like a cannonball. Yeah, it was awesome. We shoot a like majority of what we shoot on the Monoxy, and it's it's funny because it's just where we are. I guess it's because of the way the river twists, but guys will shoot a plethora of birds on the Monoxy down from us or up from us in Pennsylvania on the tributaries. We, we only shoot darts in like January. That's it. We shoot razor bills and that is it. But last year we were hunting and there were 30 that dumped in on us. So sometimes you have like really good merganser hunts. Well, just like, I guess it was us not just being dumb, but when we first started getting into duck hunting, we didn't know what they were. Yeah. Remember that one came right in our blind at Cadoras up there. We we want a spot on one of these islands up there. And we're sitting in our blind. And this thing comes waddling up, what, five feet from the blind? I'm like, what the hell is that thing? Take a picture of it. Send it to Garrett. <laughs> Garrett's like, I think it's a loon. Don't shoot it. <laughs> Turns out it was a big uh, common merganser. I think someone else had shot it because we found it dead. Yeah, later that year. It must have been winged and just kind of came up on shore. but. Now we know. Now we know. Yeah, mergansers are cool. I mean, they're good for jerky, and that's about it. But they're also fun to shoot. Um, we get into a lot of them. I, down the shore, the amount of hoodies down there is is pretty cool, too. We we used to have a lot more hoodies up here. When I first started hunting in my teens, and we were goose hunting ponds, we would shoot ducks if they came in, which they often did. But hoodies, we like our group always shot hoodies for some reason every year. And nowadays, like on farm ponds up here, we don't see nearly as many hoodies. I don't know whatever happened. We see actually a lot of those Ecuadors too. Yeah. That's one thing I'm chasing this year. And we'll beat around the bush. We kind of were talking about this before, but there's been times where we're trolling out of the water, leaving for the day, and there's just a group of them just floating on the water. <laughs> and you're like, bitch. Bitch, they're right there. No one else is around. You know, of course, we don't shoot them. <clears throat> Well, you watch them swim away. Yep. I'm chasing one this year. So, yeah, down, down, me and dad were down the shore um, a little while back. We went down to Chincoteague to his place and we were driving this back road across toward like the Chesapeake Bay. We were over at Chincoteague driving back across. We're taking some back roads and we come through this marsh. And like I look at dad's driving, I look over and there's a cop behind us. I don't even know it. And I look over and the cops behind us in a Tahoe. And I'm like, no, I was driving. I'm sorry. I was, I was driving. Because I looked past that and was like, fuck, look at all those hoodies. And it was just a whole slew of them in this little pocket in these pine trees in, in the water. And I look in the rear view and this cop's like throwing his hands up and shit. I'm like, oh, fuck. Oops. I don't know. I get excited when I see something cool like that. Yeah, me too. I still, uh, we actually, when we were just in Tennessee last week, the place in Pigeon Forge, it's kind of like 
the outlets here in Gettysburg, but has this huge fountain and all these shows and they do stuff with music and it's really cool. And I'm sitting there with the kids in these big like Adirondack chairs they have all around it. And we're sitting there laughing and there's people everywhere, old people, young people, just whatever. And time of day we were there, it was mostly old people. And here come like six mallards just cupped up right in front of us in this water. And my son's like, dad, kill him, kill him, kill him. And I'm like laughing and people around us are like, what? Don't do that. Yeah. See, I'm the same way. Like where I work, was up on, out on the golf course, we got all these nesting geese right now. And there's one just walks around, teases me every day. Got a big old band on his foot. And I'm like, you son of a bitch. I want you so bad. Yeah. Over at one of the ponds that <laughs> that's at my grandfather's place in Tawnytown, one of the nesting pairs has a band on it. And one, uh, the, one of the, I think it's the male who's bigger. He just walks around right beside the, the road, right up and down the road. They feed on, on the grass. And I'm like, somebody's going to shoot this goose. I, like I literally told Telsic, we ought to go shoot this fucking goose. Because somebody's going to shoot this fucking goose and I'm not going to get this goddamn band. <laughs> somebody's going to get it, I'm telling you. Yeah. And nobody shot it yet. Like, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, he's there. (laughs) Somebody's going to drive down the road and conveniently open their door one day and just take his head off. No, I I just keep, it's such a Hucklebuck area. I just, I imagine some teenager driving by like drunk as shit, flying through the field sideways and like, (laughs) fuck, man. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking pick the, (laughs) I just, because I'd do it when I was a teenager. So (laughs) I get it. It's tempting when you go to like Cadoris and stuff like that, these local ponds. In the spring or fall, people are out there feeding geese, and you see these just fat residents. There's one up there now with two bands on it. I'm sure they're local bands, but just walking around, you ding in the head with a rock if you wanted, you know. They don't show up when you're hunting, of course, but. Yeah, I, uh, the bands thing, I, I've never killed. I, I've been in group volleys killing bands, but back when I was, they banned in Tonytown. And we used to hunt right down from the Evapco pond where they would band. And I happened to be hunting with some guys one time and we busted into some birds with bands and those guys all like about fist fought over a piece of fucking lead. And I was like, just keep it. Like yeah. I, I don't give a shit. I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I don't care. I had right. fun shooting, like keep it. And that now I look back and I'm like, uh, I, it would be cool to have one, but I'd rather not get in a, an argument over it. Right, yeah, it's not worth a it. piece of metal on a on a waterfowl's leg. But just order one from Amazon. <laughs> I, I had this genius idea. I thought it was genius. I had this idea. I was like, "What if you had a company that just made like dumbass little personalized engraved bands, and they could be like wedding gifts and shit?" I was like, "This is perfect." And I was like, "I'll look it on look it up on Google." And then there were like 50 companies that did it. I was like, I'm a fucking idiot. Like everybody tells it. Of course it was. There was a dude from like the fifties down South out West or someone. And he would catch ducks and geese and put his own band on them. I think he even put like Bible verses and stuff on them. So when it wasn't like an official state band, it just had numbers. Oh, I know his name and I, I can't, Yeah, it's in there. It's in my head. It's in there somewhere, but it's, yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. The guy, people, Jack Minor. Okay. And, and people people like freak out about Jack Minor bands and shit because I think people still shoot like twenty five year old right. or thirty year old birds with like or twenty five year old birds with like Jack Minor bands on it. So I think he's out west, yeah, somewhere. Yeah. But man, I I had uh, Andrew Scala on 
Did that one come out this past Wednesday? I think it did. Yeah, yeah. It was hunting, hunting waterfowl, uh, traveling to hunt waterfowl. And I thought it was really cool the way that he hunts waterfowl. They, so he hunts normally. He's from Western Pennsylvania. He, he hunts normally just like anybody else. But he also, his group of guys, they pick a bird, like a species instead of a location. And so say, I think last year they went to Calvert Cliffs and they like picked long tails. They wanted to kill long tails. And then they found a guide who was known for killing long tails. Okay. It just so happened it was at Calvert Cliffs. And they went down there and said they pummeled them out of layout blinds. Hmm. But they've they've gone all over now. And I think they're going to like up around Massachusetts somewhere to hunt eiders. And then they're also going the year after to hunt whatever. Like, or, you know, what, what, whatever. So it's like they have their own way of going. They don't just go to a location. Like I might would be like, I want to go to Louisiana or whatever. They don't do that. They're like, where can we go kill the 49er? You know what I mean? What you know the, the amount of birds in the U.S. So they'll just go and try to kill that species of That's duck cool. at That's that time. Cool. Yeah, and it was like a cool way that they set up hunts like that. I just want to know where the ducks are. I don't care what they are. <laughs> you got me pumped up talking about mergansers earlier. Actually, Te- Texas, dude. I'm te- when I talk to the guys from Texas, I've talked to a few different people from Texas, and all of them are like, "Yeah, we just hunt farm ponds and like shoot everything." And I'm like, "Yeah, I fucking." I know. Like, we hunt farm ponds, and <laughs> I haven't seen anything. <laughs> I saw a squirrel and two deer. It was awesome. I put out 100 pound of acorns. I ain't seen a wood duck in a fucking year. <laughs> I've been seeing that a lot of people are having a lot of luck hunting mallards and pintails out in South Dakota. I'd love to go do that. Just watch them dump in on those flooded cornfields. The flooded cornfield thing is the coolest shit to me. I, it makes all the sense in the world. It's like right. the perfect food, right. the perfect like wa- short, like shallow water. It's like everything's right. perfect. We we don't have that unless you build a farm with impoundments. Right. You don't. We don't have that luxury around here. Well, it's funny because like we're all all these people like he was just saying are pumped about it, but these guys are up there losing, their <laughs> right? Because they're shit flooded. But we're like, let's go kill ducks in your in your in your ruined livelihood. It's like in Arkansas, they're talking about all those. Um, what do they call them? A green, oh, GT, GTR green tree reservoirs, GTRs. Yeah. And it's, it was on the, mm-hmm. the that podcast, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say that fucking podcast. Like, you guys know what I'm talking about. But uh, the, the Meat Eater podcast, they're talking about the GTRs, and Arkansas has this, these GTRs that attract so many ducks on the central flyway and like, the Mississippi River and like that Delta area, they attract so many ducks and everybody's like envious of Arkansas. Meanwhile, the actual green tree reservoirs are just all fucking dying right. because everybody's like, nah, keep them flooded. We want to kill birds in January. Yeah, it's like, killing all the trees. Yeah, it's killing all the fucking trees. Uh, sometimes I think, well, not think, humans are selfish. We know that. But sometimes I think that like hunters lose sight of the longevity of something for the here and now. And I I think that's what's happening in Arkansas now is for the last 20 years, everybody's been like Max Prairie wings and jerking off the fucking custom calls built in Arkansas when really it's, it it needed to be dialed back a little bit, you know? Yeah. That's where they're going anyways. I mean, they act like, 
it's the be-all, end-all, which I guess it is, but that's where the ducks are going. I mean, you just go down there and you can sit by a tree. I've had friends that go down there and they just come in. You know, you're not – it's like us going out and sitting by a tree that our grandfathers or dads have been had a feed drought for the last 40 years. You're going to see a deer. You're going to yeah. see – you know. I'm not knocking them. You still have to shoot it and kill it. And, and every one of us would do it the same thing. To me, it's not that different from guys that go to like these – like the pendant ranches. Yeah, caged – can hunt, see there, what I'm saying? There, there's one in Tony Town. But I would do that though, still. If somebody gave me, I wouldn't pay for it, but if someone's like, you can go here. Like there's a place, and again, I'm not I'm not knocking this as much as it sounds like I am. There's a place outside of Cambridge, outside of Chesapeake Bay, that you know how like you can go to places and hunt pheasants? Mm-hmm. Well, they release mallards. And apparently what they do is they, they capture these mallards and you book a day, say me, Mike, and and my brother Josh here want to go down. Friday the 5th, we'll call the place. They'll get these mallards, and they don't show them water for like a week. And then they'll take them to this tower that's above a pond. Okay. Look, a fucking pond! <laughs> and then you're down in this blind. You're down in this blind this by great. the pond. And they let them go. This is what, better than baiting. What are they going to do? How, and you go down how much does this them. cost? I mean, I've thought about doing it. And it, it is... It, I want to shoot from the tower. <laughs> I mean, at that point, just strangle them. Right. I already have it. Pick the one you want out. I mean, I guess it's a cool thing for like, I, I know guys that take like their kids down for like the first time. Hey, this is cool. Watch them come in. Yeah. Because if you, if, because my first time times 20 fucking sucks. So right, right. it would be cool to so, have a you, you good know, hunt. I know a guy that's like, he wants to take his daughter down just for the whole experience. And apparently where it's at looks cool. And it's not, I'm not sure it's not just a gimme. I mean, we've done pheasant hunts and we've done stuff like that and they still fly and you still have to hit it and they're still fast. Oh, yeah. You know, but at the same time, we're making fun of it. If someone's like, hey, you want to go down here Tuesday? I mean, you're going to jump in the truck and you're going to go. But if they're coming out of a tower, coming toward the water, I'm sure the guide's like, just let them land. Yeah. <laughs> they haven't seen water in a week. They're going to touch that fucking yeah. water. I'm, they're gonna land. I'm going to water swat the shit out of them every time. Anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, that, the we actually hunted a, a farm pond. Me and uh, my buddy hunted a farm pond, Dylan, and we were we're hunting these birds, and these mallards are fucking dumping in on us. Or I'm like, what the fuck? Like, where are these birds coming from? And they're just dumping it. And it was so much that we shot our limit, and we just sat in the blind. And we're, I got a TikTok. It's like, uh, the Danger Zone song with nice. Kenny Loggins, like, uh. and they're like, yeah, they're flying right past the blind, shit, and land in the water. And I'm like this shit and I'm, I'm standing up taking a video and then i look down at the birds and none of them got a dew claw i'm like shit <laughs> and they were they all came from the farm next door and the farm next door must have had seven eight guys and they didn't stop shooting the birds would just keep circling that's cool though. and land back there because they were born there right they were farm birds that were born there and they were just flying around circles from our from this pond over to back to their pond Damn. and they were just slaughtering them and i'm like it's fun, but now that I've seen it actually happen in real time, it literally is shooting fish in a barrel. They were so dumb that those guys would volley eight, 12 gauges, boom, and the birds would fly away and we'd watch them fly up in the air and circle right back into the pond. They'd shoot again. I'm like, what the fuck, man? Like, these are the dumbest animals I've ever seen. So it was, it's cool, but for me, I'm I'm not really... Yeah, it's would, not my thing, but would you? Yes. I mean, I said yes. 
It's like that hypothetical question. If you live next to or near where they raise deer for whatever and the monster deer gets out and comes to you, are you going to shoot it or not? Yes. The Mayberry deer got out while my grandfather was hunting the next door property over. And a giant buck walked right up to my grandfather while he had his muzzle loader. And my grandfather could see the yellow tag in his ear and he didn't shoot it. It walked right up to him and then walked, turned and walked past him. And he was good enough not to shoot it, shoot it because the deer, when it got to, like when he saw it, it was obvious that it was the Mayberry deer. I think it, I think if it had a tag in its ear, I might would be like, not take a picture there, of it. That's what you're gonna there, do. You're just not gonna take a picture of it. Well, I well, I'd be the the thing about a deer that big, and I've thought about this before. It's like if you're a say you were to shoot a 12 point buck at nighttime. Yeah. You can't incriminate yourself. Right. It'd be the same thing. It'd be like, I knew this deer had a tag in its ear because there's obviously a hole a hole, and I obviously took tag out of its ear. If there's a picture of me holding a deer with a big old hole in its ear. Eh, two and two ties together it's like can i be proud of this deer that was hand fed for six years and then look at me with this deer like right. i'm not saying i'm the type of person who needs a t <laughs> recognition but if i shoot a 170 inch deer it's the biggest deer i've ever killed in my life like i'm obviously going to be pumped up about it so i don't i'm I'm kind of weird about no, yeah, the whitetail thing it's like that ranch in pennsylvania apple creek mm -hmm. where there there there's just stupid 250 inch whitetails and people go sit in a blind over a feeder like a horse feeder and shoot 250 inch deer that rubs me a little bit wrong because i'm not no i wouldn't it's like shooting a cow oh, yeah. at that point do you think that if you ever killed a deer that big though it wouldn't be fun to hunt anymore like you're not going to get anything even do, even in the do, you, do you mean if it was a wild, like, 200-inch deer? Yeah, just anything. If you chase, you Yes, get yes, yes, yes. I, you know. For me, absolutely. I mean, would you... But would absolutely. you? Okay, I know you were the same way. We'd probably still hunt. Would you still chase big trophy bucks, or would you just be like, I'm meat hunting now? Um, it could be taken two ways. Do, I mean, would you... You would... I Internally, you would either... Something would flip, and you'd be like, all right, well, now I know I've I've made it as far as I can probably make it. Or something would flip and you'd be like, all right, now I'm a fucking big buck hunter. And now, yeah. like, I only want to kill 160 plus inch deer if you killed one that big. I, and I'm not I don't that. know how it would work for me. I yeah. really don't. I'm not saying I do either. I'm just hypothetically, like, you get to that pinnacle where you're like, all right, I did it. I mean, it's almost like, I guess, there's people that hunt bears and they go kill these giant grizzly bears. Like, once you've done that, have you said, like, I've tackled this? I can move on to the next thing. Or I'm going right. somewhere different. Like you, you look at a black bear, like get the fuck out of here. Yeah, well, scoff at him. Let's just tell this story real quick. Our our father has been pretty much all over the country hunting whitetails. I mean, he's been to Missouri, he's been to Iowa, he's been to Illinois, um, hunting whitetails, trying to hunt these trophy whitetails. And he's killed some some pretty decent bucks out yeah, there. Big time bow hunter. That's yeah. his, that's his jam. The biggest buck he's ever killed, he killed right over the line in Frederick County. I mean, literally. 300 yards into Frederick County shot this 11 point had to be a hundred and or a hundred. I don't even know how big it measured. How big think 170. It didn't have, and I'm not taking anything away from it. Didn't have a ton of mass, but it was one of the biggest deer I've ever seen in my life. And a big body deer. I mean, and, just monstrous. I mean, it hasn't taken his desire away to go shoot another buck. I mean, he's been back to Missouri. He's been back to Iowa. Yeah. And, I, uh, I, I kind of have, I, I don't know. And I've, I've, we've asked this question on the podcast before. Chris, you might've been here when we asked the, remember, I don't know if you were here when we talked about, uh, like if, 
we had talked before about like if you could hunt one thing, mm-hmm. like what it would be. And for me, with the whitetail question, whitetail is what I I would hunt for the rest of my life. It's not that I don't love hunting ducks or turkeys because I do. I'm just a hunter in general. Yeah, we did talk about. So that. I, so like for me, white but whitetail deer, or, or it's so I get it. Like I'm I'm on the same board as your dad. Like I get. I could right. kill a 180 inch deer and immediately want to kill a 150 inch deer because it's right. But would I just you, love would doing you it. Kill, this is nothing to do with our dad. Would you kill then? I don't know if you do anyways now or not. Would you kill like a four or five point that walked by then? No, we we let. So it used to be that we shot any fucking thing that came by because it was filled with a freezer. When we got to a point where we had a good enough spot where there were a lot of does we could fill the freezer with does, then we didn't necessarily need to kill the bucks. And so we just kind of changed. Yeah, we just kind of changed the way that we thought about things. And that deer hanging right there is three and a half years old. That's a 110-inch deer. That's the biggest. That's, I think, the biggest deer I've ever killed. Uh, It's one of the biggest. And now my next motive is a four and a half year old and i just kind of life having kids and everything caught up with me but i just it gives me a goal like a hunting goal Mm -hmm. it's just like trying to kill a different species of duck or when when i'm retire i'm fucking chasing 49 states of turkeys i don't give a shit like turkey hunting is i fucking love turkey hunting and so i will probably do that when i retire but like whitetail hunting i don't i don't think i it would ever go away for me i enjoy doing it so much bow hunting the rut is like my favorite fucking time of the year and and it sucks because it's also really fun to hunt that like second split duck season two it gets real good there Mm -hmm. if it gets cold but normally man like as soon as the rut the bow hunt comes on for the rut that's it like that's my i take time off we, I actually take probably a total of two weeks off, one full week in Virginia, and then like two days here, one day here, and I just take time off and I hunt deer uh, in the rut. Hmm. I tell you what, I can't stand, and it's just me personal preference. Midgets? <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just. I can't stand, and I don't even watch too many of them now, anyways. But you watch these hunting shows, and these dudes that are basically farming deer. They have their feeders out. They're watching them. The Lakoskis, the late Lee and Tiffany. We had like a mental connection because I definitely was. That's who I was thinking. Bracket, Chris Brackett. They they all do that shit. It doesn't make any sense to me. I'm not shooting that dude until next year. I mean, why? He's already bred. He's already this because he's not on your hit list. Yeah. At this point, you're just shooting it for its horns, for that, and that drives me personally nuts. You know. Yeah. Well, that drives us nuts because we're from. Here, Redneck Carroll County. Yeah, yeah. where that's ex- that's exactly it. We yeah. we grew up hunting to eat. So yeah. I mean, even still, yeah. like I'm no. I'm this way. I would I would give my testicles to shoot a nice buck. But both of them. I'm one. Yeah, both. What if you have two? I'm kids? getting ready to get snipped, so I would give both I, of them. I, I, I have no desire for more children. Um, but I'm filling my freezer first and foremost. I will shoot a doe. The first doe that walks by me every year. Yeah, that, she's fucked. That's how me and dad kind of play it. It's we've we've actually like gotten the population to a point where we can take like between 100 and 120 pound does. We can take normally like four to six 
off the pro- the one property we lease in Tonytown and not actually ha- we'd normally kill a couple deer in Virginia in the, on public land but not actually have to worry about the basic meat first it's ground tenderloin and then uh back sh- back hindquarter motherfucker I'm tired hindquarter steaks and then like front shoulder ground and that's kind of how we treat like the first four deer to six deer in the family freezer. That's me, my brother, and my dad. Me and my brother eat majority of the deer meat because my mom doesn't eat deer meat. And then everything after that would be like deer dogs, jerky. I make deer sausage, bologna, whatever we want to we do with it. Because uh, we, we, I do a lot of butchering, a lot of cooking. So we we just have like this system in place now to where I don't even need to kill a buck. So like I think last year I let the same five point in the rut walk 10 yards past me 30 times like mm-hmm. he was so fucking stupid and it's not not to say that like i'm some robin hood shot and i'd have made a shot and killed him or whatever but like i gotta jumped out of the tree stand a couple times and rode him around like he right. he was pretty in heat for a while i rattled him in a bunch of times in different locations like he would just pop up like nah, oh there him. you fucking are again like he'd just pop up he had 35 seconds to make his life decision. I was going to say. I heard, so, a, I heard a cool term today. This dude said, uh, I'm revoking your birth certificate. So I'm stealing that one. Well, so I, I had my buddy Rye, who's from here, uh, grew up around here. Uh, he moved out to Iowa to work for Midwest Whitetails. He films for Midwest oh, Whitetails. Yeah, I remember that guy. And Rye was a big buck hunter here and did kill some hammers here, self-filmed, got the job opportunity with Midwest Whitetails, moved to Iowa, bought a house. They are Iowa residents. Last year, the guy that he hunted with let 20 bucks go that, like, I would have shot every single one of them. Absolute, like, like they'd have, they'd have been the biggest buck I ever I ever killed, like, for sure. And this guy let them all go, and I think he killed he killed two or three bucks, and like all of them over 180 inches. So like he he farms deer. He far, literally he farms deer. The guy's a surgeon. He owns a bunch of property, and he farms deer, and and he works for Midwest Whitetails. And then he had some call bucks, quote unquote, because Rye shot 160, 150 some inch. Pure eight point, no other points, just an eight point that went 156 inches and weighed like 260 pounds or some shit, like a giant deer. And the guy told Rye, Rye got his um, residency in like, as soon as he got it, the guy's like muzzleloader season late. This deer is going to be in this field. They went out. He shoots the motherfucker like giant buck. And the guy's like, no, don't worry about it. Just go shoot it because they farm deer. Mm-hmm. So I understand both here in Carroll, like we're in Gettysburg, but in like Carroll County or in Gettysburg here, if you're going to shoot 110 inch deer, absolutely, man, if that's, if that's your jam, but out there, it makes more sense to let that deer walk because there are 130, 140 inch deer that do just walk around like a hundred inch deer. We saw him. He went out to, yeah, we went to Missouri. We went to Missouri with our dad and just how we drive around out here seeing, 
you know, three, four, five, six points along the road. There's just these, what you just said, 150, 160, 170 inches, eight point hammers just next to the road. There's no one around. I mean, how many, how far do we drive between houses out there? Five um, miles? Yeah, miles, miles and miles. We went to dinner at this one farmer's house that let us, let us hunt there that my dad had met just from going out there. And I literally texted my wife, like, if we die, this is where we're at. These people killed us and ate us. There's just no one around. Just weird. They were nice, but they're just weird. I don't yeah. know what the hell they were cooking. Remember, it smelled oh, yeah. like a boot. <laughs> and might, I'm like, Josh, just eat this. It might have been boiled squirrel. I don't know what it was. It ended up being okay. But I say all that. There's just no people. All they do is eat these corns. I mean, uh, corn. All they do is eat corn. If you've never been out there, you see it on TV. They eat foot fungus. <laughs> they, they lick your toes. <laughs> Makes them grow. But we see, uh, uh, I lost my train of thought. Oh, but all they do is eat corn. So we think that we see these cornfields around here that are big. There's just what, miles. miles. We drove through Iowa, and I mean, people out there are like, duh. But I mean, it was probably 20 miles of nonstop one, one cornfield. And that's all these, dude, these deer eat, and they just get big. I mean, that one that we saw, remember that eight point we saw on the side oh, of the road? Yeah. It was probably 250 pounds. <clears throat> and dad said it was a small one. Yeah. Yeah. My, my, I remember my uncle, when he first started going to South Ohio, he had told us, well, it's, it's not my uncle, it's my dad's cousin, but we use uncle a lot. I don't know. It's just like, whatever. But You're my uncle, man. But we, uh, he he was going out to Ohio and he and shotgun out there. And he said he, uh, he shot this doe and she wasn't dead. And he like, Went over a little knoll and she was laying right there, like eye level. And she let out a bleat. And he's like, Dude, I'm not kidding. These does are so big that it scared me. Like, I thought she was coming off that. And she weighed more than I did. Like, he's a 200 pound man. And he's like, She weighed more than I did. I thought she was coming across that and getting me. <laughs> like, that's how big the does are out there. I'm like, Holy fuck. Well, two things happened when we went out. We went out and it was just terrible weather when we went out. We went out in November during their rut. It was the week before Thanksgiving. And when we get there, it's 75 degrees and I mean, blowing wind. Yeah. I mean, just ripping. Ripping it's flat as shit. Rip, well, ripping it, the roof off the hotel that we yeah, stayed like, in. And actually, it was, we, it was like tornado winds. Right. Now, where we were, it wasn't flat. It was like rolling hill. It looked like Tawny Town. Yeah. Or like when you get like on Harney Road and you're. Going, oh, okay. Yeah. It was yeah, like okay. rolling hills. Like we went through the flat stuff. We were like in the northwest corner of Missouri. We actually stayed. Okay. In, yeah, yeah, okay. We actually stayed in Iowa. It was like. Littlestown and Westminster almost, for people don't listen, just not that far away, 20-minute drive. So we stayed at a hotel here in Iowa, and we drove to Missouri. And it was like rolling hills. And we get out there, and it's just rip-roaring wind. And it just it was a weird it was a weird time to go out. And this farmer said, okay, well, why don't you guys try to go over here? So I sat in one of those redneck tower blinds. And it was pretty cool to sit. It was very comfortable. This doe walks out, and I, had, I bought my doe tag. And I shoot with a modified single shot, 20 gauge slug gun shooting Sabbath slugs. And I, I mean, I put deer down at 200 yards. It shoots. It'll put them down. That's what I had with me. This doe comes out and she's standing broadside, not caring the world. I shoot. She doesn't move. Doesn't flinch. Keeps on feeding. I'm like, what the? I'm not nervous. I got a good rest. Let me throw another one in. Throw another one in. I miss. I said, what the fuck? It's like, I'm not... You know, William Tell or these guys making the best shots in the world, but I, I can hit a deer, you know. 
So she finally runs off after the second shot, and I get down and walk down. What I thought was 200 yards, this deer was so big, this doe probably weighed 220, was like 400 yards. So I wasn't even hitting anything around her because she was so big. What we're used to seeing as doe is what, 100-pound, 110-pound doe is a fatty, right, yeah. a fatty for where we come from. Mm-hmm. And this, you know, that's the only thing I can say. You know, it was just big. I did see two, and I wish I would have filmed it. I saw a spike out there that was at least 18 inches tall. Like one of those freak, just mm-hmm. almost straight up, like a, like like antennas. So it was a weird area. Um, you guys are in Missouri. Yeah. And My I, uncle hunted Missouri, and the Drury's, I believe, are from Missouri because he, right. he met um, one of Mark and Terry. Right. And I think he rode in the truck with Mark. And, like, they were just, like, drinking beer and shit. Like, they were cool as fuck. So the guy our dad knows that originally took him out there, I won't say his name, but, you know, he's part of a family that owns a lot of orchards in this area and uh, owns a bunch of property, has a farm out there. That's who owns the farm. Or they might have just sold it. But then the Drury's own the farm next to his where we were hunting. He comes from the family that owns the orchards and the restaurant in Westminster. Yeah. Yeah, my family hunts with them sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So – Whatever we saw their property, all their signs and stuff like that. Um, it was a weird, yeah, it was a weird, weird area. You know, it was out there that was weird. He's gonna laugh when I say it. A lot of Amish people. Just in, I'm not gonna laugh. I don't fucking like them. <laughs> they shouldn't be out there. It was it was strange because it's like nothing but these straight highways, and then there's just a horse and buggy going down the road. Yeah. It's not like even like Lancaster where you go around and. Whatever your feelings are, they have really pretty farms. I don't know where they lived. Because they make their children slaves and clean up the fucking farms. Let me tell you what else is I weird. get it. This is, we were just in Tennessee, okay? And we were down there. You wait till you hear the fucking podcast. That made me No, I'm not kidding. The podcast, we were, well, it'll already have dropped by the time this comes out. We, it's so, bad. Like, I, I get bad. I was just in Tennessee and, uh, we were down there, whatever, and we're at this place, and I'm like, there's like 50 Amish people here. And I don't have any problem with the Amish people, but I'm like, how did you get here? <laughs> there's no horse and buggies here. The only way to get to where we were is to take the trolley or to, to walk. <laughs> they horse and buggy to Route 66. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, huh. And they're just having a good old time, eating ice cream, dipping dots. and I was like, huh. Are they allowed to eat dipping dots? I don't know anything about them. Other than remember when we were That's kids? Ma- them, they're made with science. Remember when we were kids and you go on field trips and they'd always wave you to come play baseball with them on the bus. And the yep. teacher's like, don't leave the bus. <laughs> yeah, because the next thing you know, you're a slave with a giant fucking beard at age 10. That's what he looks like. Shave your mustache. Did you cut your hair yet? Nope. Not gonna. Dirty hippie. Fuck you. Yeah, out, out that out that way, it's it's something that we've talked about before. Is like down in Virginia, where I hunt, it's like a different world. Yeah, it's everybody down there. They're they're mountain men. They're like like the moonshine thing. That's people selling moonshine because they're poor. It's not a joke. Like some of the people that we know would run moonshine over the mountain and sell it to the locals and the tourists. Us like they come up with homemade homemade uh, wine and be like. I got bottles here. You want to buy homemade wine? Here's a bear I shot. That's a doe I shot last night. Don't say anything. 
uh, do you guys have any deer meat you don't want? Like they, they, It's like it's a different world there. Just as out in the Midwest, it a, seems to be like a different world. Like out there, you don't manage deer because like it's like a pressure. You manage deer because you're like, well, with the state regs, like I might as well not shoot that eight point because there's a bigger eight point right over there. Like there's a 10 point that beds over there and I might try to hunt that one, but the... 180 inch fucking 12 that is on the neighbors might be coming across feed on this corn like me i'm like i hope i see a 100 inch deer this year that would be fucking cool i mean back back to deer i don't care and I, and part of that is because josh my bro, you you hunt a lot oh yeah i don't i don't hunt deer that much so i'll shoot a doe i get pumped to shoot does i'm the doe commander i got that i bought a sign from an antique store the one i just told you to go to uh, yesterday, I got a cool sign hanging up above a gun rack made from a doe hoof. I killed a real big doe. It says no doe hunting. I'm the doe commander all day. I don't care. But I'll shoot I'll shoot a five-point if it walks by. I give you a chance. I give you a chance. But yeah. but if you walk by me again, you're toast. If you stay in the area. <laughs> how many times you stay you, in the area. How many times you told me that story about the spike? A bunch. I'm I said on this, on this podcast last time. I'm not going to shoot this deer. Uh, if he walks by me again, I'm gonna, I might. Yeah, if he walks under the stand, I'm definitely gonna. Yeah, do I don't. It. I don't judge anybody for for their tactics. the only, The only thing that is a little odd is is a, is a weird one for me is with a severely declining turkey population. People shooting Jake's. Yeah, Garrett saw. just shot one. I know. I'm not. It, that's his prerogative, but it's my prerogative to not shoot them because since I was a kid, we started turkey hunting. Like we were like. Now, if we'll, it's your first bird, do your thing. It's just like my first deer was a button buck. Like, it was like, do your thing, do your thing. First deer with a bow, you do your thing. But like for turkeys, the population has never been great anyway. Right. And so it was always like, a, those birds are stupid. The jakes are stupid. Let's let them go. Let's try to let them pop, grow, let them populate. But I, it, that's the only thing that I'm a little like. I want uh, uh, I work with Garrett. Uh, there was a purpose behind him killing that Jake. I'll tell you after the. Well, plus, plus you only get about half the meat out of a Jake. You do out of if you shoot a second year Jake out of a third year Tom, you get double the meat. They grow so much in that span, and so that's another. That's I know that's not like the reason people are shooting turkeys, right. but I've been turkey. I shot my first turkey at eleven. So like for me, it's my first turkey at eleven was almost a twelve inch beard bird. Like. It's always been a turkey hunting's been such a staple in my life that I there are a lot more people have gotten into it over the years, especially recently. And I think it's awesome. I think it's cool that more people are experiencing it. But I know from over the years how many like Jakes I've let go. Jakes that I've we've been calling a Tom, and he's like both middle fingers up. Fuck you. I'm fucking the pussy over here. And then the two Jakes just dump it and run right to us. And me and dad just stand up and are like, get the fuck out. And they fucking take off. And we're like, fuck. God damn it. Next day, go back to the same spot. Both Jakes off the roost, right to the decoys again. Stand up like, get the fuck out. Like, how many times do we have to do this? The Jakes are just dumb. And it, it just is what it is. That's why we have decided like it, it's not our thing. Like we're not going to shoot them. We're going to try to let birds where we hunt grow. But then I just found out like this year, the neighbors busted a bunch of Jake. So it's like, 
Well, that's where it is too, like for us. Like we have, and I don't say it's to brag, we have a pretty nice piece of hunting property that our family owns. And it's a nice. It's a humble brag. You know, it it is, whatever, you know. It's a, you know, dry brag, I guess you'd say. But it's surrounded by other people that hunt too. And we might say, hey, let this six point go till next year. But the dude behind us on the hill is not going to do that. You know, yeah, 100%. I had a real pretty, I don't want to say it was piebald, but it, a real pretty young yearling button bucker. I don't know what it was. Real pretty white all up its legs of the year. I watched for like probably an hour hunting, just trolling around, just skipping through the woods and went over the hill and boom. I don't know that someone shot that deer, but you can kind of put one or two together. And no, I've, I've let plenty of deer go in the last few years that my our neighbors have shot. It's it's like a game you play. It's you know what I mean. Like it's like the the that the deer that's hanging on this wall is the smartest fucking deer. He dodged everybody, and I caught him. I only caught him because my dad wind bumped him out of a bedding area for me, and he came he came right to me. But he actually turned right before he got to the opening, and was gonna dart me. And I just seven magged him through some brush, and and I hit him perfect. But like. That's some deer are smart enough, I guess, and some deer aren't. I've physically watched three deer in the last three or four years get shot on the neighbor's property that were deer that we let go and and stuff like that. So I get it. I'm not like I said, I'm not going to poke it at anybody who does whatever they want. It absolutely makes sense. I grew up in a family that shot everything that walks. When we hunt public land in Virginia, I'll shoot. I, if a spike is a half an inch tall and I can see it, I'm going to, I'm going to shoot him right in the fucking shoulder. <laughs> I got, I have no problem with that. We're only, I'm only down there for a week and I can only shoot bucks. I may see 15, 20 does and never see a buck. And if I see a spike, he's getting his ass fucking dropped. Oh yeah. So there's also some big ass bucks on that mountain. I, I just don't care. Cause I'm only there for a week. Up here, it's a little bit different. I try to take my time, and it's, it's a little bit. It's like you, you saying like you don't get out enough. You don't get to. It makes sense that you would shoot a five point or whatever because you're not out that much. Me, I literally will be out every fucking. If I didn't have to work, I wouldn't work. Like I fucking, I would just hunt. Yeah. I would just be in a tree stand, or I'd be on the ground, or I would be with my bow, like public land, whatever. I would just hunt every fucking day. So I get it, you know. Yeah, it's just me, especially like we go out the first day of rifle season. And I, the last time I was on your podcast, we talked about that a little bit, but that's like a holy holiday for the family. Go I was out ready to say, yeah. And it, depending on the deer I'm seeing, you know, but generally the first decent buck that I see that stands broadside and stops moving is getting shot. Yeah. Chris, you know. is, Chris is saying it's a holiday for us. I mean, we're both approaching our 40s now, and our mom still packs us a lunch and sends us out there in the woods first thing in the morning, wishes us all luck. And Mom, if you're listening, Man. I, don't, I don't like the cosmic brownies. I like the ones with the walnuts. I like the cosmic brownies. I like zebra cakes. I'm a zebra cake guy. Yeah. But, you know, I think uh, it's it's shitty for for me, for my family, because you guys still have that. We lost our family property years ago, which is why some devious shit went on afterwards. Oh, but I got you. we 
we would meet up when I was a kid and my it would be like my dad, all his cousins, all their kids, all their dads, and everybody would meet up with rifles in hand with a pot of chili, not on, not in a crock pot, a literal literal pot of chili on top of the oil burning wood stove in the shop at the family farm in Westminster. And like somebody maybe brings some noodle soup or whatever, and it would sit there and bubble while the you know the fire was running, noodle and we'd soup. all go out and run deer drives for fucking hours, come back and there'd be like ten deer in there. There'd just be blood everywhere. We're skinning oh, deer, yeah. and everybody'd be drinking and eating noodle soup, and the, all cool. his kids would That's be cool. out throwing walnuts at people's vehicles that we didn't like <laughs> and shit like. It, you know, it, it was like a whole thing. And Virginia, our trip to Virginia, so much of the family went. And now it's like this tiny sector of the family still goes to Virginia. The camper that's sitting outside of this garage is our hunting camper that goes to Virginia. And then a tiny sector of guys, nobody actually like deer drives together. Like a tiny sector of guys will get together and maybe hunt once, a, you know, up here a year. And that's it. Like we don't. We don't do that shit anymore. What's sad? I mean, we we do. We were very blessed to have this really cool piece of property that we can hunt on. We had another one. Uh, it's not even a mile away. Yeah. That was our our main family's farm. It wasn't a big piece of property. It was under 100 acres, wasn't it? You yeah, know. it was 86. And it was just this cool. I mean, it was plotted out, rectangle shaped. Thank you. Uh, rectangle shaped piece of property and it was in the middle of a bunch of stuff and like what you just said Mike it had a little shop like we're sitting in and it had uh, you could uh, had a bathroom had a shower we microwave stuff we cook stuff uh, we'd meet there every day have a little breakfast come down at lunch and hang out uh, fortunately our grandfather died and other members of the family sold it um, but it was just this cool thing and that's what I miss I think you miss a lot too oh yeah it was just cool hanging out in this little shop where all our grandfather's, you know, deer heads are hanging up. And Mike, you and I talked about a couple months ago, they had uh, uh, Polaroids. He had Polaroids tacked all over his, like, little press wood door. You know those old doors he used to have in the 80s, like the panel press wood? Yeah. You put yeah. your fist through it, you poke it hard enough. Yeah. I mean, just Polaroids from the 80s and 90s of every deer in the back of the truck hanging in the tractor shed. And that was just cool. And, and you know that that that's what kind of is the the meat and potatoes like the whole three B thing is that I wanted to bring it back and you know you and I have talked about it bring it back to like this cool hangout thing and let's meet dudes that hang out and laugh and and have this thing and I don't know if you're old enough Mike to remember remember check stations when you had to go check them in yeah 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 that was always cool man that was that was know, one of the highlights of the yeah. first day of rifle season because I mean even if I didn't kill a deer maybe he did or my dad did or somebody but you know we would all. Even if we took two trucks for one deer, we'd go to the check station. We'd talk to everybody. Yeah. Everybody from that area, you know, how much does deer weigh? Because you had to weigh them in back then. They hooked, hooked, hooked them by their legs yeah. and put them up on the scale. And, and Where we went, it was in Manchester. It was CNC. Yeah, CNC right at the end of Bachman Valley and Road. they had a taxidermy shop there, too. Mm -hmm. So those guys were double dipping. It was cool. Yeah. And you go in, you can look at all the cool taxidermy. And you might think that, like, oh, dad got this. Dad got 12-point, man. Monster. And, of course, you go there and there's a bigger one. You know, well, yeah, yeah. And you're always laughing at the guy that shot the, which sometimes was me. Yeah, the the yearling, 
yearling deer that got his head stuck in the fence. Yeah, but I wasted. Yeah, but I re- I remember going in there at like eight, nine, ten years old. I mean, I don't. I didn't kill my first deer until I was like thirteen or fourteen. You might have been a little younger than me when you did yours, but like I killed a little doe my first year. And you go in there to that check station, everybody was pumped for you. Oh yeah, you're oh, yeah. twelve years old. Is your first year, man? Everybody's high fiving you. People you don't know, you never met them before, you never see them again. Shake your hand, yeah, yeah, pumped for you. Make you feel like a man. Oh yeah, you know. And and they had, I guess tailgating is a broad word for it, but people were there, you know, drinking coffee, drinking soda, laughing, having a good time, you know, eating food. You know, and and you had to make a choice whether you want to go during the day or you want to wait till the night and fill the truck up and let's get yeah, together, yeah. you know. So I miss a lot of that stuff. And, and One thing that uh, for us was cool was when I was a kid, um, I think my first certain amount of deer that I shot, that, that buck on that plaque right there, um, none of the shops were still open around Tawnytown. So we had to drive to Thermont. And across from, what's that restaurant in Thermont, everybody? Mountain Gate. Yeah. Across from Mountain Gate, down there all 15, across from Mountain Gate, there was a, like a gas station that did check-in. So dad, to take this deer over there, dad drove this deer all the way out there. And we went and checked this deer in and the people were pumped and shit. And then that was it. That was the last, they shut down. That was the last time. Everything was call-in, check-in. Mm-hmm. And then it was internet check-in. In Virginia, um, we could still check deer in. Like, we would still, dr- and we still can now. You still have check-in stations. But it used to be the check, now there's call-in as well. It used to be the check-in station was the spot. You, We'd shoot deer up in the mountain, and we'd go down there, and all we know a lot of the locals down there because we've been going there down there since the 50s. And a lot of the locals would be down there with deer that they shot. And they, there'd be whatever, like Spike. There'd be a guy with a 10 point, like, everybody, like, holy shit, where'd you shoot this? And he'd be like, all oh, up on the mountain. And he'd be like, you shot this on the mountain. Like, everybody was pumped up for him. And there's a, there's a picture that my grandfather has, and I want to get a copy of it for in here, like a big blow up. There's a picture of me, and I'm like uh, 10 or 11 years old with a spike. I shot straight in the nose. I shot him right in the face. <laughs> and my grandfather that same day had shot a real nice eight point, a big eight point. And there's a picture of my grandfather in the back of the truck holding his eight point and me with my spike. And it stayed in that store. It, the store is now owned by out of towners. It was just kind of taken over. So it's not the same, but they used to have this big ass wall. And when you check deer in, so my grandfather, we, we would go down in November for deer and we go down for turkey season. My grandfather would go down cause he knows the locals real well. He'd go down all the time. And, uh, the picture was still up That's the cool. next year, That's like in yeah. the spring and the summertime. And it was me and my, it was me and my grandfather in the middle of all these Polaroid pictures. So there was like the people that lived down the street and their, their two spikes, they killed November 15th. And then there's like me and my grandfather. And then there's somebody who, who killed a big bear opening day of bear season. Like we would all be stacked up on these boards and the locals knew all of us. And it was like, a, it was a cool thing. And even that's now kind of died off to where I literally can shoot a deer and within, as long as I can get service on my phone on that mountain, if I'm at the top, I shoot a deer, I can check that deer in in a minute and a half. Right. I just go on the app and click antlered, public land, George Washington National Forest. Boop, yep. I'm done. Like it's that simple. It's like. And now your Polaroids are on Instagram. I started what last year? 
I started getting photo albums and printing pictures out. I mean, you can get them on Walmart, Amazon, you know, whatever for 10, 15 cents printed and sent to your house. And it's fun to sit. Me and the boys will sit together and put these photo albums together. I have one just for duck hunting. I have one just for fishing. And, you know, that's a lost art. Did you have all these? I mean, I have on my phone 6,900 pictures. It's not all hunting pictures, you know, but like you forget about them. They get lost. And then you get a new phone, you put it on a computer, and you go that, just go on, you know? Well, one, so my, my Uncle Jimmy, my dad's Uncle Jimmy, no, my grandfather's Uncle Jimmy, he was like the, uh, the patriarch of the, of the family. And uh, his brother, Phil, was until he died. It's my great grandfather. And my great grandfather's brother, Jimmy, big, big time hunter, crabber. He's hunted all over. He's he's crabbed up and down the bay. He, big fisherman. He passed away, and there there were all these books full of pictures. And I was looking at them, and I'm like, I gotta like I gotta start doing something. That's why I told you like, I wanna I wanna put together a log book at least, yeah. and get some Polaroid pictures because I'm not saying like when I die I need people to see pictures of me. I'm saying like, at the end of my life, are people gonna be like nobody's gonna go like. What was his Instagram login? Yeah, Can right. we find his fucking pictures? Yeah. Like nobody's gonna do well, that. You, you shit. got kids. I mean, and then it might egotistically or selfishly, you know, I want my kids to be able to look back at these stuff and remember. And they're with me a lot. And my brother Josh here's with me a lot, and the other guys I hunt with are there a lot too. But it's just fun to look back and, and remember stuff. And you know, my basement looks like your your studio here. Um, you know, it looks like Bass Pro Shop, you know. Cracker Barrel. I was getting ready to say cool, mixed, mixed with Cracker Barrel. With just cool stuff everywhere. Thank you. Uh, you know, I have pictures everywhere. You know, going down my steps is just nothing. But we do a pheasant hunt every year. It's always a picture of us tailgate full of the birds. And on the other side, I got pictures of uh, Josh's daughter came out a couple years ago. And I killed a five-point. Yeah. <laughs> and she helped me go get it out of the woods and, and put it on the truck. And... We went to McDonald's that day and had breakfast, and it was just a fun day. And I got a cool picture of her. I got a picture of his other daughter with is that the first fish she caught. Yeah. Oh yeah. Little fatty bluegill from a pond, you know. And I'm just all about it, man. I just I saw a guy one time which just had a, a hallway just loaded with pictures, just waist high to the to the ceiling, just pictures, man. And I just thought that was cool, man. That's 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 my goal, just yeah. to have it, just full of that stuff, just. Whereas I'm on the other end of the spectrum on that. Like, I don't, I don't take pictures of anything. I don't, but that's where I'm lucky that you do yeah. <laughs> because that's my living room and my game room, whatever. How is. many times do I text you? Be like, how would you do today? Oh, I killed two mallards. Send me a picture. Hold on. Yeah. Hold on. Let me go. I got to go get them unfrozen from the boat. It's literally a picture of him <laughs> with this, I mean, fatty, like you got mounted up there, stud mallard. And it's just frozen straight yeah, out because he like laid him on the like front it, of the boat, blood yeah, frozen out of his yeah, mouth. Yeah, like an 8-4 Viagra. He's just holding this thing, sticking straight <laughs> out in his basement. Went and put his hunting hat on so it looks like he just got it. But, uh, you know, that's just, that's me. That's what I'm all about. I, I like, I want to remember the stuff and. To me, that's what it's about. If I go out with you, Mike, or you know, whatever, I'd rather you guys kill one and me film it or take pictures of it. I just want to be there for the for the memory and just have fun. See, yeah, that's 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 the fun of it. I mean, we 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 keep talking about hunting as a family down on our farm and stuff, but like, it's not about for us. It's not about the individual success or like when we go hunting with our buddies, whatever. I'm just as pumped to see him kill a merganser as I am to kill, you know, my first blue bill, whatever. I don't care. As long as somebody kills something, you know, we're out there having a good time. Um, 
I think one of the best hunting memories we had was when, uh, were you with Ethan when he killed his first doe? I was, no, he killed uh, a little six point. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, I have a nephew. Uh, and I just say his, his dad's a piece of shit. Yeah. He just didn't raise him right. So he kind of lived with me for a while and his mom and I are pretty tight and yeah, just kind of grew up with us. So I, I was fortunate enough to take him out on his first deer hunt. And you, you said about being tired or you ever just had a day where it doesn't matter what you did. You worked all week and you're just like, I cannot keep my fucking eyes open. Yeah. We were hunting this, this blind at the bottom of a hill. And I still remember to this day, it was the probably, because this is how my brain works, top five naps that I've ever taken in my life. Couldn't keep my eyes open. I literally took my coat off. It was warmer. I took a pile of leaves under my coat and I passed the fuck out. Yeah. And next thing I know, he's hitting my leg. Oh, Chris, Chris, Chris. He's our nephew, but he's not that much younger than us. He's probably older than you. Um, yeah, he might be he 26, 27. Yeah. He won't. Yeah, whatever. Anyways, um, he goes, here comes some deer. And he plowed this real pretty six-point or whatever like that. And that's just one of my favorite memories. The whole story is me sleeping. And he's he's certain that my snoring called him in. <laughs> and uh, another funny story is, is where we hunt on this property. It's like rolling hills. So you can probably see this CRP grass at the bottom of the hill where we were. Our dad gets... Uh, let's it grow in CRP. You can probably what see seven hundred yards, eight hundred yards. Yeah, it's uh, I think it's seven hundred and fifty yards from where the bottom of the hill where I hunt to the top of the hill where you hunt. So I was at the bottom where he hunts this day, and so because I was out in this big open, our dad from going out west and hunting mule deer and moose and stuff like that had a three hundred magnum, and I'm like, well, I'm going to take that today. I let my nephew take this three hundred eight that my dad used. Everybody's killed deer with it. The old lever, actually. yeah, a little lever. It's just good for you know a kid to handle, right? So I'll take this 300 out in case I got to poke one far away. So he shoots this again, real pretty, just for, for your first deer, just a really pretty deer drops it in the grass. We go find it. Well, it's still kicking around. He's so pumped that he's like shaking, like visibly like, oh, yeah. you know, can't, can't hold it. So I said, all right, bro, I'll, I'll put one in its shoulder. So not even thinking I'm so pumped for him. I'll walk up with that 300 put it on his shoulder <laughs> and I blew the front shoulder completely off. And I'm like, Oh, I kind of missed your first deer up there. Oh yeah. That's all right. But you know, that's what we're about, you know, funny memories. And uh, we have a bunch of them. Yeah. Well, how, uh, so that's, that's one thing too, is how, how many people, and I'm not taking anything away from it because I, like I said, I manage deer. Um, and I hunt hard, like I hunt a lot. There's a ton of weeks during the hunting season where it's just me looking at maps online, like on public land, like, all right, I'm going to, I bet there's a scrape line here. Like, I think I can, there's a thicket here, like or a clear cut. And I'm going to go hunt here. And like, I have it in my own mind. I go hunt. How many people nowadays because of, and I don't want to say the hunting public has, ruined anybody because actually it's probably made a lot of people better hunters in general but how many people have gotten away from hunting as groups or hunting as a community and more been like a i'm gonna go out and i'm only gonna hunt big deer or i'm or i'm only gonna i'm gonna hunt with these two guys waterfowl hunting and we're gonna go the waterfowl hunting's funny for me because there's i have friends who i've hunted with my entire life who are hardcore and we have good hunts, man. I, I that bluebill right there, I killed with one of the most hardcore buddies. I one of my best friends. Like 
and he's got a war eagle and we hunt the fuck out of birds on the bay. But every once in a while, it's nice to go out with my buddy Mason and hit the Monoxy River and drink a couple beers and just bullshit. And, oh, there's some mergansers and shoot some mergansers. Like, it's it's just fun to do that shit. Just the camaraderie, hanging out, being a part of that. That it's it's more than yourself. You're, you know you know what I mean. Like you're not you're not locked into anything. You're just you're just there to have a good time. You're not there to like kill. And that's it's like me mushroom hunting. I mushroom hunt a ton, especially in turkey season because I'll be by myself and literally be like, well, uh, there's no turkeys answering or I haven't heard a bird. Like. I need to do something. So I'll go hunt for mushrooms. But when there's people around, man, you got you can have some fun. You can kick it around. You can yeah. bullshit. You know what I mean? Do stupid shit. Whatever you want to do that day. Well, like one of the most fun hunts I've ever been on, and I begged him to come last year, and I'm tr- hoping he comes with me this year, is opening weekend of dove season. Public land. I used to dove on a ton. Right outside, of, right outside of York Springs. Public land. Man, you sit there. You can laugh. You can be loud. You can joke. And as long as there's other people in the field and those doves are flying, these managed sunflower fields that they're doing up here in Pennsylvania now, as long as there's other people in those fields. I bet I've deer hunted where you where you. Oh, I'm, sure you, ha- I'm yeah. sure you have. I think that's where you said you went pheasant hunting. It's not too far from there. Did, did you say you killed a pheasant? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Heidelersburg yeah. and then north of Heidelersburg. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I've deer hunted, turkey hunted, all that. Yeah. So we took my – it was me and, me and my – me and my friend Timmy, we took my my oldest daughter out op- the opening weekend. Uh, we only hunted the afternoon because um, the morning we were trying to find places, but every place was loaded up. In fact, DNR was turning people away from certain spots because there was too many people there. We finally found this one spot, and there was there was uh, one other car there. Didn't and you it, say DNR actually was like, "Hey, go up here"? Yeah, that's what they told us. So they they turned us away. From <laughs> These morning. idiots over here. <laughs> well, no, they were like. They were like, uh, well, this spot's full and this spot's full, but go check this one. Hardly anybody goes there. So that's where we we packed up. Uh, we went there. We sat there all afternoon. And, I mean, in four hours, we killed 17 doves. Sitting there with my 10-year-old daughter, my friend Timmy, playing 20 questions all afternoon, just, I mean, slamming doves. And it would it was actually better, like, the last two hours of the day when this other group of hunters came in because they were just we were just kicking birds back and forth from one end of the field to the other i mean just stupid stuff like that just gets me that's why we like duck hunting so much because we get to sit there and we get to fuck off we get to laugh joke josh can't sit still oh not at all he can't you gotta tell him the canvas backstory don't tell him the canvas backstory what's the canvas backstory when (laughs) goldhammer was calling him in and uh they flew oh, over man. our heads and they weren't even close to turning into us. And I'm standing up ready to go. I got my gun clicked off and Chris and Goldhammer both grabbed me both sides of my shirt and sat me down. Oh God, it was he funny. He gets pumped and we, we'd laugh. It's okay. It's shooting lights. Let's say shooting lights seven at seven forty five. Josh is like, well, I'm going to get him walk around, but he's done that twice. Yeah. Well, three times. Well, not twice. Like whatever. And he's killed birds. Yeah. He shot a wood duck. For, Flying out of a tree. Yep. What ten yards from us? Yep, sure did. And Presley was with me too. That was what my son. Yeah, made that fun. And then you shot that gadwall taking a leak last year, didn't you? I sure did. Out of Cadoras, I got I got real cold. Uh, I don't know if you remember last year. There was a couple of days where the temperatures were in the low single digits around here. 
Yeah, yeah. Keystone freezes about ten seconds after you open yeah. it. So we were on the river those days. Yeah, so we were we were sitting out of Cadoras, and it might have been, it might have been the second to last weekend. Me and Timmy were sitting out there on this one on this one bank, and uh, just every hour or so, one of us was getting up to take a walk just to stay warm. So I ended up walking around the whole backside of this uh, little inlet. I don't know, know what you really, really yeah, a little cove, and. Uh, this gadwall was up on the bank and I saw him jump down in the water and I saw that it was a duck. So I yelled at him, Hey, and he jumped up off the water and I shot him flying right towards me and he landed right back on the bank. That was, nope, I wouldn't even have given the shot. He'd have been no. laid out in the water. No. <laughs> That's what, I mean, again, getting back to it, I'm repetitive when I say it. That's just what inspired me to do the whole three B thing and, and then meet you guys, just hang out. I just want to hang out. I just want to have fun and laugh. <clears throat> yeah, like like we talked about before, I, I think that the the reason that I – it's not the direct reason I started the podcast. I, I wanted to do it anyway because I thought it would be fun. <clears throat> but I also thought that there was this – like 80% of the hunting community in general, um, the deer community, turkey community, duck community, whatever – I thought that there was this large space of people who everybody was holier than thou. It was just all bullshit. And I I was very much like, that's not what people are. And it it took me, and I'll be 30 this year. Like it took me until now. And I'm not like, I'm not talking like hunting a little bit, like, fucking hunting like me and dad like me and my dad my friends like we've hunted hard for my entire life like we always hunted and it took me all this time to realize that there was just all this bullshit like people people were all like everybody kind of like uh tread lightly like and i look i'm not a religious guy it's not my thing but there's like this whole aura around hunting it's like god country family guns like that whole fucking aura and like all the and and that's fine, but the thing is, like nobody's perfect, and it yeah. seemed like everybody had this this meaningful aura to be, you know, per, especially in media, it was all about like perfect, and every and everybody you know, we're conservationists, and we're all of it. And don't get me wrong, like I'm the first motherfucker to want to conserve, right. especially things like duck hunting, turkey hunt, deer aren't going to go anywhere, right? But like things like duck hunting, um, ge- goose hunting turkey hunting that means something to me for the future for my kids because now i have kids and uh, i think about that but at the same rate like i just wanted it to be real and i thought i thought that there was a lot of shit where people just weren't real because everybody was putting on a front it's the instagram pictures Mm -hmm. of a limit that they posted three weeks in a row of just different angles of the same group of 12 birds. They just broke up the number of birds and took different angles. Shot. Like, Hey, I can tell those are the same birds again. This is like, it's this whole aura, the especially kids like uh, teenagers and in their, in their early twenties. When I was that age, man, I thought like, what am I doing wrong? Like everybody's burning up birds. I don't hunt in a great area, but I also know that you can hunt the bay every day. And have one 10 bird hunt in a week and all the other six other days have a two bird hunt. Like that's just right. how it, it works. And yes. so 
that's that's kind of what I was shooting for with all of this was I wanted this podcast to be something that people could say whatever the fuck they wanted and talk about whatever they wanted and not be judged for it because I think I think that's what everybody does is everybody in the hunting realm like judges each other. It's like oh shit, man! Like he looks like he killed like a hundred and eighty inch deer, like or whatever the fuck. I'm like fuck that, man! Like I don't give a shit. You know, you know what the term you're talking about all that stuff that I hate that they I don't know how much they use it anymore because I really don't watch much hunting shows outside some duck hunting stuff or some of the meat eater stuff on YouTube but I can't stand the term harvest I harvested this deer no you shot it with your with your 300 blackout I killed that motherfucker <laughs> yeah, right. I shot him through the heart well that goes back to what <laughs> we were saying too like you got these dudes that literally okay you did harvest it because you've been feeding this deer for the last three years been watching it eat watching it breed that's your stud bull of this woods and you did. So that, it's just a term that personally I mean, drives me nuts. You know, you harvest things that you grow. So there, there's your definition right there. That's my preacher thing today. What was that thing you say? Think, things that are pissing you off. Yeah, Chris is. is pissed off about people who use the word harvest. Farmers, <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> No, you you killed that corn. You did not harvest it, bitch. I ripped it from its mother's loins. You want to know what pisses me off? I don't like people that hunt and don't eat what they kill. That drives me insane. It does it does me too, and I've had some pretty heated arguments with people I'm friends with about guys would go to properties and be like, Yeah, I shot five does last week, but like I just gave it all to hunters for the hungry and don't get me wrong, they're doing they're doing something good. Yeah. Problem is it's like you're just going out there to, to kill everything that walks. Like you're not you're not hunting to hunt you're hunting to fucking shoot and kill do you want to tell a funny story about something that you ate what so <laughs> oh, is it the lee story yeah so the other <laughs> guy smell like fish <laughs> no 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 so i love that by the way <laughs> smooth the mic back a little bit because i'm gonna laugh uh so we go down to astic every year uh, Lee, the other guy from 3B that I hung So with. it probably did smell like fish. <laughs> listen. I can't listen. All right, I'm going to reset now, okay? Do you want me to tell a story? Unique New York. Unique New York. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, the arsonist had oddly shaped feet. <laughs> <laughs> We're down at Assateague, and they have three person to a blind limit, whether you're hunting or not. So I take my boy with me, and I understand the rule because they don't want people poaching. So my it was my boy... Uh, me and this guy Goldhammer that I hunt with, and we killed a couple black ducks in the morning. And Josh and Lee were what six hundred yards away from us yeah, at this other like hunting point. We can see them; it's open water. We see them shoot. I see. I can see the birds drop. Uh, we wrap everything up, come back for the day, and Lee's like, "Look at this young mallard I shot." He's gonna get mad. I told this story because he he gets really upset about it. And I have the picture and I send it to him all the time just to remind him. He said, look at this young mallard I shot. It doesn't have all its colors. And I said, bro, that's a mallard black duck mix. No, it's not. No, no it's, it's not. not. It's just an adolescent. I said, bro, it is November. You, you sure? You sure? It's yeah. And uh, he's like, nah, it's just a young mallard. And he actually got like kind of mad at us. And I'm like, okay, hands up. I don't know why he'd get mad at you. That's, it's, it's like some people hunt their entire life. People in Arkansas would shoot you for a fucking mallard yeah. high, black dog right. hybrid. He tossed it to Josh, who like, you know, he's like Tum Tum from Three Ninjas. Josh is going to eat anything, you know. You know what Three Ninjas is? Did you ever watch that movie, dude? I won't eat dog poop. <laughs> I, I'm going to be honest. Oh I, I don't it was know a movie when we were kids in the, in the late 
late 80s, early 90s, about three kids. Everything was like ninjas yeah, when we were kids in the early 90s. It was this really cheesy movie. And they all had like these ninja names. And it was like Rocky, Colt, and the young kid was like Tum Tum. He was like the pudgy one that was always eaten. And that's what they say in the movie. Tum Tum. Give it to Tum Tum. He'll eat anything. I won't eat dog poop. I won't eat dog poop. So anyway, so he gives it to Josh because Josh eats all the stuff. You know, we don't want He'll cook it up, throw it in his freezer. So... We get home from the trip. Finally, we've talked about it a couple of times, but like Garrett that does the taxidermy, he's like our duck guru. So if you have any question about what anything is, hey, Garrett, what is this? Hold on. First off, we get we, we have to preface the story just a little bit. He shot this duck the second day we were there, mm-hmm. right, in the morning. And it had warmed up to about 40, 50 degrees. So by the time we get home, this duck had been sitting out all day long. I mean, back to the fish thing, right? No, yeah, kind of. I've been sitting out all day long. So the minute I got home, he told me I could have it. I breasted it out. The minute, the minute I got home, I breasted it out, put it in, you know, zip, uh, vacuum sealed it, threw it in my freezer. Two weeks later, roundabout was it? Two weeks later, yeah. I get this text from him. Hey, did you eat that duck yet? Yeah, man. I I breasted that thing out the minute I got home. Ah. Oh, Damn it, Garrett just told me it was this hybrid bird. And apparently it like really, really upset him. Yeah, really. Like to the point, again, not to, he's going to get mad. Well, it makes sense because like I said, it's that's like a, <laughs> not only do people out West like would love to kill black ducks, but also a mallard black duck hybrid. Yeah. Like that, that's and a big thing, deal. I mean, I, sh- I know I showed you the picture, but like it was cool looking. It almost looked like a widgeon. It had this green like yeah, face. weird. I thought Lee, I've seen that before. I I thought Lee was like the acetate guy. He is. So like I I figured he might would know. It's funny. I don't mean to knock this with with Lee at all. Lee's like the the acetate, like sea duck, diving duck guru. Like he's only killed a couple mallards. That's not a knock to him just because he doesn't hunt that. You know, he's the guy that hunts. He He doesn't like to eat them. No, he eats them. He just doesn't like where he lives and where he grew up hunting down there where they, they just shot this stuff. Bufflehead. I got I got you know, Bufflehead. Buffle like he's only killed. And... Like for him it was cool to kill he killed a mallard and it was like killing a six point elk. Again, that's not I mean knocking him or making fun of him. That was just that's not where he hunted. He he lives in Carroll County now, but he grew up down the shore where that's where they shot all that stuff and uh scoters and, and buffleheads and, and stuff like that. And they do eat them. They'll they'll stew them up and barbecue them and, and uh Make like a, there's a really good recipe. I think it's it's almost the same thing as like crab. Yeah, cream of crab, cream of crab. They'll do with bubbleheads. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah, that's if what you, Garrett was told, was telling me about. So that's how. I don't know if they have like heads. a. I don't know. I know they don't have tryptophan in them, but whatever was in that thing, I guess I got drugged because all of us went to a party one time at Garrett's and he made that stuff, and all of us the next day didn't get up till like twelve o'clock. <laughs> he made a roofie us. I don't know. Put some Irish cream in the cream of bread. <laughs> It wasn't that y'all got drunk or something. Uh, nah, y'all <laughs> y'all work for the law. You don't, you don't get drunk. <laughs> but yeah, so he's gonna get mad. So sorry about that, Lee. You should have been here tonight to defend yourself. Sorry, Lee. Was it good, though? Oh my god, it was great. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Now, bla- I mean, a black dog's what? Pretty pretty damn similar to a mallard. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, and they're a little bigger. I mean, I, the ones I've killed, anyways. I don't know. Now, this one size wise was about the same size as a mallard. Wrap it, wrap it in bacon, throw it in the oven. Oh my god! Hmm. Very good. I made a. Uh, I've, I've been doing like any puddle ducks I kill. Mallard goes so well with Asian flavors. Like I've been making 
all kind of Asian recipes with mallards. God, it's so fucking I'm fighting dick. so hard not to do a Chinese accent. Right Don't now. do it. <laughs> why, why are you fighting? <laughs> because I, I literally talk shit on the Amish on this because podcast. I can't. I you won't can't. be able to stop. Like we just got back and we were in Tennessee. My wife was laughing at me because every time we'd pass a restaurant, she'd be like, oh, there's a, Chinese, or a Japanese steakhouse. And I'm like, oh, no, oh, no, Japanese steakhouse. And then we'd pass a fried chicken place. And I'm like, oh, there's fried chicken. I would do an accent for every restaurant that we passed. Don't you do it. Don't. don't. If I start talking with an Indian accent, I can't stop. So much so that I went to a subway one time and the dude was like, what would you like on your sandwich today? And I talk like over American then. I was like, I will take pepperonis and mustard, please, sir. <laughs> Let's not make this racist, dude. Let's no, go, not. get Listen, through this said, fucking sandwich. <laughs> yeah. I went to it's big, not a race thing, man. I just do this yeah. thing. It's the thing I, I do. I have issues, man. Okay. I went to uh, this giant meeting and these dudes are messed with me. And I was talking like that, that Indian accent that I do, like King Julian from... Uh, whatever, and I, I can't stop. Madagascar. I can't oh, yeah. stop when I start, you know. <laughs> and I'm talking like that, and we go to this big meeting uh, where we work, and there's like dudes in like three piece suits. There's the sheriff. There's all these other people there, law enforcement wise, and they put us in this big horseshoe thing. And I'm sitting all the way in the front left, and the dudes like, "All right, everybody, my name is blah blah blah. I'd like you to introduce yourselves." And I'm like, "He's not going to start with me. He's like, you sir, start." And I'm like. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. My my name is. And he looked at me like, what's wrong with you, man? I wanted a promotion, but now I'm fucked. <laughs> I do that. I can't stop. It was like the Hans and Franz, like German thing. Oh, yeah. I used to do that all the time. I can't stop. Yeah. Oh, kind of Arnold Schwarzenegger-ish. Yeah. I was hoping Mason was gonna be. He made me laugh last time the whole time, man. Like, nah, he, he's a nut. We, <laughs> we were, we were. I was over at his house earlier, and uh, so his house uh, is the family farmhouse, and they have a death room. Like a bunch of people have died in this room. It's downstairs. They have railings all the way, linoleum floor. If, if grandma's gonna shit herself, it's on the fucking floor so they can clean it up. Railings the whole way around. The, the room, like it's, it's literally built for people who are on their way out and, and like a, and that's the house that he owns now. They like capture people and put them there or they like, <laughs> no, like the entire family. If, if like, say your uncle Jim and you're like, okay. Hey, yeah, I need to bring my wife over. She's on her way out. And they, they just pen her up in there like a goat yeah, but is She's that like, dying. And there is, is yeah. that like a business opportunity? Like, Hey man, Mason. I got this guy. I, need to bring <laughs> I feel guilty laughing about this. <laughs> no, because the guy probably leave because there's some sketchy shit that I, I'm not. I'm not like a. So there was a union camp here, like on this property, and I've heard people talk about Gaysburg ghosts. I've it, never it seen a, a fucking first thing. First off, it's, it's a Yankee camp, and so let's say it the right way, okay? <laughs> and and so at at Mason's house, like when I lived there, more sketchy shit happened than it does around here. And uh, we we had some videos, some weird shit and all. And Mason always says some weird shit goes on. He's, he told me, he's like, dude, the other day, he's like, I got up in the morning and my couch, we were sit, we were in the, in the kitchen and he shows me, he walks over to the couch and he's like, look, and he goes, look at the floor. And there's a big scratch mark, like in a weird shape from the foot of the couch across the floor. 
He's like, and this is where the couch was. And it was all the way against the stairs. And I'm like, probably some old dude on a silver alert trying to escape. <laughs> but, so everybody that could have died has already died in the house. Okay. So, and, and the last one's like you know, 20 years ago or whatever. But I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, it's man, I'm, I'm telling old, you. That's probably the ghost of the people that died in the house being like, fuck you. Why yeah. did you pen me up here like a goat? <laughs> and that's, that's probably exactly what it is. <laughs> When I when I lived there, I'm not kidding. That that house was a fucking that was a weird fucking house. I know my brother my brother lived in a house in Tonytown that had shackles in the basement. There were pictures, old old like tin black and white pictures, of the slaves in front of that house where he lived, like in chains in front of the fucking house. Like there there's some old history around Carroll County that's a little fucking over the top. You know what I mean? Like there, there's there's a little bit. And that's that's that same, it's right down the street from where Mason lives. It's like the same realm. And it's, that whole that whole area around Monoxy is a uh, Mason hit me up if you got I got a cool business idea. <laughs> okay, you want to make some money? Let me know. <laughs> it's called old people pens. <laughs> you got a pension, I got a pen. Let's make this happen. <laughs> that Don't took gr- a weird left right there, guys. We took a weird turn. <laughs> Yeah, went from duck hunting to penning up old people in this dude's basement. Now, now he just charges Mexicans 8% of their weekly paycheck to stay there in the room. So it's like a hostel. So could you pay him to be like, listen, I, I always wanted to be a surgeon. Can I, can I take this guy downstairs? Did you ever see that movie? Yeah. Yes, but, but also you don't want to go downstairs in that house. It's a fucking red clay fucking dirt basement. Oh, nope. No thanks. It's. I think the basement's creepier than the fuck. I don't know if they're claw marks in the wall or if that's just where the roaches live. I can't fucking tell. You okay right there? Oh, sorry. <laughs> this is one of the funniest things I've ever heard in my life. This isn't shit. I'm not even fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> this, this, is, this is just easy. Go. Just the crazy left turn we took. <laughs> we're talking about shooting ducks and, and, and eating this mallard black duck hybrid. Now we're talking about old people petting up in a house. So if Mason ever gives you something, it could be like old person. Hey, cool, man. I'm going to have a barbecue at my house. Mm. I've seen fried green tomatoes, bro. I know what the ribs are. I've seen. They used, to pen up, they used to pen up black hi- hybrids at the house. <laughs> Picking it. Stop. Stop. <laughs> Composure. Take a deep breath. Nah, man. Nah, man. You work in law enforcement. We got we got to calm this thing down. Yeah, we're back in it. Okay, we're back in. He it. he keeps. <laughs> I keep hitting this. Every spray. fucking time you do that, I'm like, I did, my mind immediately is like, is he doing fucking blow? Yeah, my brother, my brother's got sinus issues. He's not doing a bump every time you hear yeah, that seriously. noise. Okay. Oh man, that's funny. Yeah. So fishing. What's up with fishing, dudes? <laughs> no, nah, so nah, I, I do. I do want to uh, talk a little bit about that because you had a cool little segment that we did. Yeah. The last time that we, when we tried to, I I think I figured everything out. This is part two. Yeah. This is a, the, on, yeah on this segment, but I know um, you had, had a cool little segment we did, and we kind of just you. So you do you do a lot more freshwater fishing, mm-hmm. and Josh. I don't know what you do in terms of fishing or, or whatever but Creek fishing, i'm water. i'm i'm not like a, as big of a fisherman as i used to be and that's only because with having family and shit i'd focus on hunting and not but yeah fishing i mean i grew i grew up freshwater fishing a lot of cat fishing a lot of bass fishing 
and uh, I know I know you do yeah. a ton of that type of stuff. Uh, if you want to talk a little bit about, yeah, I mean that's my, you know, when I started and I, I hooked up with these guys from Three B and we started it. You know, Lee was our duck hunting guy. Uh, the other guy was like the turkey and, and deer hunting guy. And I was like, you said Lee wasn't very good at it though. I didn't say he wasn't good at it. Okay, I didn't say he wasn't good at it. <laughs> Maybe I'm kidding, not Lee. identifying birds. <laughs> okay, we're, listen. We're gonna end up having to take him to Mason's basement later because <laughs> But uh, you know, Lee was like that guy, and, and when we started, he he hunted probably more than any of us because he just has access to property. He's he's lucky enough that we were talking about earlier to have family that has some really cool property, but. Uh, I was like the fishing guy. We had some really cool properties. We had the, the one family farm we were talking about. And I love chasing largemouth bass and trying different lures at different places. It's probably just like you for with turkey hunting. Excuse me. You know, you go to a different pond or a different piece of water, and the same lure and bait's not going to work as it did over here. So um, that's my, my favorite thing. Um, but I'm also, I mean, you were laughing, and we hit it off real good because I'm not like a money guy. You know, I like to, I like rebel lures and I like fishing with Zebco fishing rods and it's going to do the trick. And, you know, my top five favorite fishing lures is a rebel bluegill, a rebel crick hopper. Um, I love, we talk about those little beetle spinners with a, with a jig head on. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you can do that. A daredevil spoon and, uh, can't remember the other one. Oh, I, I, I fish with a rebel. Uh, it's called a bumble bug. It's like a horsefly. And uh, we might not catch monsters every time, but you're going to catch fish and, and you're going to feel some tugs on the old line. Yeah. Josh is lucky enough to have a pond at his house. Yeah. So that's a, that's been a big thing. Getting my girls into fishing a lot. They, uh, they still like using live bait. They like using night crawlers. Yeah. But they, I mean, they, they can, they can slam some bass on some night crawlers, but they're just as happy catching those little pan fish. Those we, blue and that's and stuff. We talked about last time too, when I came here and uh, a couple weeks ago that I had a little snafu technical wise, but you know, it's funny when you first start fishing and you start catching bluegills with night crawlers or catfish with hot dogs or whatever like that. And you're just as pumped. And then there's like this weird shift where you get older and it's like, I'm going to use these lures and I'm just catching bass and that's what I want. I don't want these, these fucking bluegill keep taking my worm or keep doing that. I don't want to mess with them. And then you have kids and you kind of come full circle again. You realize that's just as fun to go out and catch a smash, smash load of those. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, me and my sons and, you know, and fishing is such an easy way to take your kids out just to get them outside and, uh, you know, it, keep their attention. It's fun. It, it can be a test in patience, untangling lines and stuff like that. But, uh, taking your kids out fishing. We actually have little contests where we'll go fish in certain local ponds and whoever catches the most bluegills gets to pick where we go to lunch, you know? And, uh, it's just a fun, fun thing. But, uh, that's, that's my, I've caught a lot of cool fish. I've caught redfish down in North Carolina. I've caught rockfish off of boats in the Bay. I've caught all kinds of stuff, but I love chasing largemouth. Do you remember that day? Remember that day? Um, I think it was at, Dr. Oh, I shouldn't say his name. That day we took our kids to Tony Town. Yes. Yeah. And all of our kids were having a competition just to see who could catch the most fish. Yeah. And literally, I mean, we're talking a two-hour span of time. His son caught 25 bluegills. My daughter caught, you know, 25, 26 bluegills between them. And, uh, I mean, God, there's just nothing better than that. Taking your kids out. 
And then you start like, I'm going to start catching these fish. Get out of the way. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah, we won't say his name. He's a, Is it Dr. Yeah. 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 Everybody knows that yeah. guy. He's also, he's like best friends with my dad. Oh, okay. We actually have permission to shoot birds there. But it's, well, it's weird. It's real sketchy I, because. I know, yeah, I know people who hunt there, yeah. like deer hunt there. He apparently the other year it either kicked out or had asked the people that waterfowl hunt there to go. We went and checked it out. It's it's almost too manicured. It's a really you, cool. Piece you almost of have to set in like an A frame and yeah, but even that's like too far from the water, and then it's yeah, so yeah. open. And there's a spot that you can go. To, there's a real pretty willow tree that you can set up. And we actually set up there to kind of scout it out. We took guns, but we took some layouts, and I just took two chairs, and me and my son sat underneath this tree and. And Josh and some other guys sat in layout blinds underneath uh, of us, but it was just a weird time, and and just I guess we'll tell the story. The guy's mom that owns the place was he was away, gave us total permission to come out there. She came out and was like, "I don't know why you're sitting over here. This is weird. You're going to shoot at the house." And we're like, "We're not even shooting. We're just here scouting it out, right? Checking this place out, you know." And that just put a bad taste in my mouth for it, but you know. But all right, so Garrett, you were talking about uh, was doing some trapping. Yeah, you said we, it was on a family kinda, property? Yeah, we kind of shifted from fishing to, to trapping. Um, we have a cool trout stream on our farm. Actually, hold up. We did shift from fishing to, to beavers. Right. Because we just came back from a break. Yeah. Do you want to keep talking about fishing? That's a good transition, should, I think. Should, what, should, we, uh, should we talk about beavers or what smells like beavers? <laughs> well, we went from what smells like fish to what looks like beaver. I'll segue into this is your show. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way Josh said that. I don't want to mow your lawn. So. But yeah, so Well, no, you you were you were ta- you, you were you were talking about the lures that you utilize. Yeah. And yeah. I and I do want to get to that. How about we do this? Okay. You do the beaver story and then we're going to go back into a little bit of the What ties in with fishing too? Cuz I'm going to wrap this all back around. So we have Cuz a good beaver <laughs> Smells like a bluegill. <laughs> the best like, beaver it, tastes it? like a halibut. <laughs> All right, good to know. Write that down. Is that what you're? It's, gonna, a, li- it's a lightweight fish. Please tag this show. That's the headline. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> a light halibut taste. <laughs> On this episode, we talk about what beavers taste like and how to kill old people in a basement. <laughs> Anyways, back to beavers. So we have part of the property that we've been talking about has is really cool natural stream on it and it has uh it's a natural trout stream natural trout stream now the trout that are in there, brook trout and I'll, I'll educate you guys now if you didn't know are actually not native to america right they were introduced whatever ago so but this is the only place where they're naturally occurring still from whenever they're introduced this farm that we have and they don't get real big um but you'll catch them and to me that's probably the closest thing again to like you turkey hunting they're like they frustrate me right right first off you're fishing in the woods um, he landed right in front of me. This little stink bug just landed right in front of me. <laughs> oh, see it, dude. Uh, well, welcome to the fucking land of stink bugs, this place. Um, um, Nat- so, natural trout so stream. We're in this trout brook, stream sorry, it's it's brook, brook trout. trout. Brook trout, yeah. So That's a basic ass white bitch name for a trout, too. Yeah, brook trout. <laughs> <laughs> so we're out here, and they're just frustrating to catch because you're fishing in the woods, you have some overhead stuff. Uh, you know, if they see you, they're going to take off, you know, my experience with them is they're almost like a saltwater fish where 
they're not going to smash your your bait or your your hook like a like a bass is, where it's going to just smash it and bite it and take off. They're very predatory. They are predatory, but they're going to put it in their mouth and feel it. And if they don't like it, they're gone. Typical of a fucking brook. <laughs> Bing bong. So, anyways, we have those out there. And then last year, well, maybe two years ago, Josh, you were down there with your kids, and you realized there was a bunch of beaver farms. Yeah, I still got the video on my phone uh, of when Tegan, <clears throat> my daughter Tegan, my oldest daughter. Farms. Beaver uh, lodges. I'm sorry. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I still got the video of my daughter Tegan. Um, she she asked me, Dad, why? Who cut this tree down in in this perfect little point? And I'm like, <laughs> it took me a minute. Like it, it like took me aback. So I'm looking around, and there's not just one. There's two. There's three. There's four. Holy shit! There's a tree that's 12 inches in diameter that they dropped that just yeah. dropped. And so we started looking around a couple couple more yards up this up this trail. We see that they got this huge drag line and a slide going down. So we're like, oh, shit. We look around the corner of this creek. This is probably late summer, so everything still got all its foliage real heavy. It's real thick. Uh, we look around this corner of the stream, and it's it's dammed up four feet deep. An area that's typically six or eight inches deep. It's dammed up four feet deep, 20, 20 yards wide. So they cleared out. It looks like a timber company came through there. Oh, yeah. They can do some damage. But – uh. So that was that was the first inclination that we had uh, a beaver family moving moving into our to our stream down there. So we were first we're like this is cool. There's a lot of hardwoods in here. Like this is really cool for hunting wood ducks. I put a trail cam up, and within this was like last not this past February, but February twenty one. I put the trail cam up, and within hours of me putting this trail cam up, there's mallards landing in this natural mm-hmm. little uh, beaver dam cove that they made. Surrounded by oak trees, just the perfect habitat for them. They're landing in mallards, landing geese are landing there. Wood ducks, wood ducks. I mean, I mean, literally. Yeah, nor- normally if a beaver makes a dam, there's wood ducks in that. Right. So this is cool, man. Well, let's just talk about the coolest picture you got, which was the. I got the, a picture of a bald eagle. Yeah. I don't know what he caught, smashing something off the water. Yeah, like just come. There's a bald eagle nest down there too. It just makes um, you America. Fuck yeah! yeah. But uh. <laughs> Looking at that stink bug again. It's totally distracting me. Where's it at now? It's crawling on the table from the chair. Okay. So anyways, there's all these beavers down there. So that's cool. We're checking them out. Checking them out. And uh, our dad goes. Chris likes checking out beaver. It's whatever, man. I got five kids. Uh, <laughs> so we get down there and we go down last rifle season and dad's like, check this out. And it's like totally flooded like what you were talking about in Arkansas. I mean, probably what? Five acres. Yeah of just underwater a stream that I have pictures of my daughters in the year before that six inches deep is now eight foot deep and 50 yards across from beavers. And our dad's not going to lie. I I wouldn't, I would have said, no, we're not taking these beavers out. We're shooting a fuck little wood ducks next year on this. We, we, we did say that that was our goal. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, so the deal with our farm is, is it's in like a land preservation act. So So my dad gets paid to let the foliage grow as part of what's called a nesting program for rabbits, deer, birds. So, so in that, does he have to get rid of the beaver? No, but he ha- there's certain things where it has to be because a beaver's natural. It could be correct, but in order for in order for him to to keep receiving that money, he has to maintain. I'd have told the, the farmer to trip into there with about five, five hundred pounds of corn. <laughs> <laughs> there might be a feeder over that now. Well, okay, okay so. Anyway, so uh, Garrett asked for the opportunity to come down well, and start trapping okay, these yeah. beavers. So our, back to again. Our dad said he wants them gone. It's his property. 
we kind of said, hey, here's some benefits. Dad, where Dad was like, no, they got to go. You can't even drive a truck back here to get a deer. This is where we deer hunt. It's flooding all this out. Um, Garrett also very good with beaver. A lot of kids. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he gets back in here, and uh, how many did he trap? Back uh, he, there? Josh got one. I, I killed two. Okay, and, and he, he 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 trapped what four or five? Yeah, he caught no like, shit. Yeah, he caught that's some, a lot. He caught yeah. some monster ones because on the Monoxy, we used to have like one or two that we would see hanging out. We oh, would, yeah. they never. Well, see, see that what one. happened was so the the there was the dam that I originally talked about that I had the picture of the eagle on that was really cool. This other one was like 50 yards down. So what happens is they'll breed, and then the family group will move down a little bit. And then the next family group will move down a little and bit. And they'll inbreed. And they'll just keep making, oh, yeah. yeah, you know. Um, you and then know. some of the beavers will be in special egg classes and shit. Yeah, you know. Remember that show, <laughs> Angry Beavers? Oh, yeah. No, some, of them, don't some, like, some of their eyes will be a little discolored. Like or, or, picking a fucking banjo and shit. Little downsy beavers. What would you do if you walked around the corner and there was <laughs> Who's a, picking a banjo a here? Banjo. <laughs> So anyways, we're, you know, the beavers, (laughs) the beavers are gone. Garrett asked if he could turkey hunt down there because there's turkeys down there. And, uh, I had to work. I couldn't do something. So I said, yeah, man, go down and check it out. So he said, I'm going to go down and check this out. You know, trapping season's over right now, but he said, I'll just see if there's any more beavers. And he goes, Hey man, the beavers are gone, but a family of otters has moved in. And he found, I guess they go to the bathroom in the same spot. And it was nothing but like crayfish shells, fish bones. And so the beavers are gone. They moved into the into the den. Into the lodge. Yeah. And he's like, Man, they're gonna eat every fish you have down here. They've already killed two geese that are laying down here, and they'll eat every duck egg that you see. So that's next on the the hit list. Or so what are you guys gonna take a machine down there and try to bust it up? Or are you gonna try to just get rid of no, the otters? We'd like to keep the dam. I'd like to keep the structure. And it's actually down now, so there's still a big body of water. It's not flooding where we drive and flooding the field. That right, we're but the whole about. stream is is still ponded up 25, 30 yards wide, still real wooded. That's right. the same water. That's how much right. it's yeah, my yeah, yeah. I was showing him a picture of my daughter standing in not even up to her ankles and I showed him a video. If you want to post later, I'll send it to you. Of just, it's probably what you put decoys out there, duck hunting, Josh, and you couldn't get them back. It was so deep. Like yeah. That. Oh yeah. I, I mean, we dropped them out on on just those little four foot Texas rigs, thinking they'd be fine. The one thing you could do is go in and just bust out the top of the dam and make it manageable deep, and then just leave it. Well, that's, yeah, well, that's what, what we're hoping. Well, yeah. And that's actually how he caught the beavers. He actually like took some of it out, Garrett, and it pissed him off. So he where he put the traps during trapping season was. Was them trying to rebuild it. Rebuild it. Yeah. 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 So now that structure's there, and it's flowing around it, and the field's not flooded now. So that's – it's killed two birds with one stone. But, you know, otters are just – they look cute. I think we talked about this last time, too. They look cute, but they're just these vicious predators, man, and they'll – Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I've always heard that. I mean, every animal out there is trying to fucking survive. You know what I mean? Like, everything – everything's cute, but really everything's a stone-cold fucking killer that's out there, but – yeah, I I think I think that would be a really cool. Like we do stream restoration, and one thing that when we do stream restoration that we do is often the engineers will take an old bend in a creek, like a real sharp bend, and they'll say, "Hey, we don't want to fill this in. What we want to do, we want you guys to make a nice, clean, semi-straight stream area, and then the old bends put clay blockers in, mm-hmm. make it hold the water forever." Yeah. And um, we were doing that over by Mayberry Gun Club, right off their shoot, shooting range. And uh, 
we were like, dude, there's going to be wood ducks galore. And like three days after the clay blockers, we're in on the first one we did. There were two pond, two little puddle ponds. There were wood ducks in it like mm. three days later. So it's like just, just as in the summertime, but like just as simple as that. Right. And they're there. So it, it is cool to, definitely cool to do, uh, have something like that to hunt. Look how cool this. That's the dam. That's the backside of it, like that's, where it's actually dammed up. Like you can see the back of the dam. That's probably what for, twenty yards. Yeah, for for everyone listening, it's it's like it's like a legitimate beaver dam. It's not like some bullshit beaver dam. Yeah. yeah probably, so what you're seeing there, I mean, he's he's back off the creek a little bit, but that's that's about five foot tall. Yeah. And then when you get into and then, where and then the there's also a hole there. Yeah. And so then when you get like into where feet. the water's ponded up, I mean, you're talking it's a good eight, nine, some some out in the middle, ten foot deep. Well, if you look at the back of this picture. That's an oak tree that's probably foot and a half, two foot diameter that they're gnawing on. You know that. In did you see that picture that Meat Eater posted about that beaver that was chewing a tree and the tree fell on? Oh, the tree fell on. Yeah. So that's my beaver story. Yeah, that's your beaver story. Beavers to otters. Yeah. We went from fish to trout. Trout or fish, right? Hey, oh, hey, oh. So beavers to otters and. Wood ducks in between. Yeah, that's right. And stink bug flying around distracted me. Yeah. Beavers and beavers and otters are something that when I was growing up, we didn't, we had minks around, Mm -hmm. but like, uh, like we, so me and my dad used to be able to hunt back at Avondale property before it was Avondale. When it was Tarkington property, my father and I had gotten permission. I shot my first deer there and uh, we got permission back there to hunt from Miss Tarkington and uh there were minks back there and, and when i was a kid i thought it was the coolest shit like even dad was like that's fucking cool look at these little minks running around and then nowadays like the first otter i ever saw in carroll county i was fishing a buddy's pond like some good friends of mine's pond in westminster and i'm throwing a fucking jerk rig or whatever or a fucking uh a Whatever the fuck. What, what's the one? Buzz bait or whatever the fuck they are that run across the top of the water. I'm fucking throwing it and I'm bringing it back and something pops up behind it. And I'm like, the fuck is that? And I get pulled my line back in real quick. I'm like, hey, there's a beaver. And he's like, it's an otter. I'm like, it's an otter? Like, what the fuck? He's like, hold on. He's got his gun and he's like going to shoot it. And I'm on that side of the pond. Like, Don't fucking shoot it. <laughs> but like, I've, ne- I'm like, I've never seen anything anything like that so it was just one of those moments where i'm like what the fuck and now i hear about otters all over the place and then i'm on the monoxie down where we duck hunt and one day me and mason are down there slinging lines catching smallmouth and there was this dead tree this old sycamore that laid up on one side it's actually washed away now and we were we'd always throw it underneath of it and catch smallies and we're in there throwing and all of a sudden this beaver had just got in there apparently and he popped up 20 yards from us and started smacking his tail in the water. And we were like, damn. Like, he started getting close to us, smack his tail in the water. Get close. We're like, holy shit. Like, he was pissed off at us. Hmm. And I had never seen a beaver before. Now, because we do stream restoration. How old were you? I, well, at that, at that time, I was in my prime of licking beaver, but I had never seen a fuzzy beaver before. Lights are out. And... We we legitimately both of us were like, what the fuck? Like, and now as because we do stream restoration, it's all the fucking time. Like, I'm like, I never knew they were around like this, but yeah. a, apparently they've grown 
this point, and we've had even inspectors come out and be like, take a machine in there. We were doing stream restoration. They'd build a new dam. Yeah. Mm-mm. Take that, take that excavator, destroy it right now. <laughs> Rip it out. Beavers disperse. They make another one. Rip it out. Like people hate beavers. And me, the whole time we we're doing it, I'm just like, you could kill wood ducks next fucking yeah. fall in here like a bitch. Like I like I know it. What's crazy about the ones that were here is they had the one dam and then they weren't I guess while they were building the other dam, they weren't living in it. They had a hole in the side of the stream bank that you could clearly see them coming in and out of. Like you see alligators, uh, okay. like you see alligator slides, like in Florida and stuff. This is where they were living, like right. like a fox den almost. That uh, was right there. Now they have the big, big thing around it. So it was wasn't like a debate where anybody got angry, but it was definitely like we went back and forth for a while with our dad. But then it, it just you couldn't you couldn't access part of the property, right. you know. Right. And it just was a bit much. So, well, older guys are also normally pretty uh, set in their ways. A- anti. Yeah. Groundhog beef, whatever, like oh, get dude. rid of all of them. Like it's it's like a a nuisance. But for somebody with water balance, it's like yeah. that that could be a stud Woody next fall. Yeah. Oh, yeah, if we if we let that happen. The only thing that I asked Garrett, I said I just want one pelt and I want one of the skulls when he traps them. So I think he's giving me a beaver skull. That's cool. So take the bone from the beaver. They're pretty gnarly. So, yeah. Through rat. <laughs> this like is it. taking some turns tonight, man. <laughs> well, you so we like we had said you you had talked about the fishing, and I want to right. kind of get back to that because there's something that you had brought up when we tried the last one, and that was uh, you did that little segment where it was like your favorite lures mm-hmm. and like and why, right? Or your favorite baits, lures, and why? Right. And I and I thought that was a really good one, and uh, like. Just like you were saying, like I think like the rebel crayfish, yeah, like because because we fished the Monoxy, we fished the Pipe Creeks and the Monoxy my whole life, and uh, Potomac River. Um, we used to catfish a ton, so we'd be set up for catfishing. And then I'd also have a rod throwing cray, rebel rebel crayfish or uh, some Cinco's, trying to catch some uh, smallmouth up on the Potomac and stuff. But that's I think like the rebel crayfish. Uh, I'd said the jitterbug, yeah. Jitterbug was yeah. one that on ponds I, I like topwater fishing. It's it's. Oh, when they hit it, dude, there's nothing like it. When they hit that, yeah, thing, there's you you can only get hooked up on a largemouth on a farm pond with a senko so many times until you're like, yeah, yeah no, I get it. Here it is. Yep, there it. it yeah. yeah, there it is. Like it, you can only get hooked up so many times until you get it. But we we salt my dad especially, but we saltwater fish a bit now. Um just because my parents have a place down in Chincoteague. But we we do saltwater fish and stuff, and shark fishing super fun. We do a good bit of that. I got I got Josh hooked on uh, Crick Hopper. Oh, yeah. Rebel Crick Hopper, the little cricket they have. <clears throat> That's probably my favorite. I got the I got the, the crayfish one, too. Yeah. Well, that's like one of, I talked about this last time. Uh, you know, one of my favorite things to do in the spring is take my boys out and my girls out, just to Walmart or Bass Pro, wherever you're going to go. And, you know, let's take 20, 30 bucks and let's just go get some lures. Pick what you want, you know. Half the time they pick stuff that doesn't work because it looks cool, but we always end up picking up. Well, Walmart, not not Bass Pro. You don't like Bass Pro? Fuck no. They overcharge for shit. Walmart's like, here's a box full of shit for 99 cents. (laughs) That's me, baby. (laughs) I get you. I remember going to Bass Pro now 10 or 12 years ago with Alan and – 
They used to have their stuff. The redhead stuff was like Walmart's Faded Glory or George, whatever it's called now. And it was cheaper. I got a pair of ripstop redhead pants for $14, like the BDU. I bought a dozen Mallard redheads for 30 bucks. Yeah. I, I pl- took the whole fucking box in my arms to the truck. I was like, $30, you fucking losers. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking took it all. I said, you fucking yeah. right, baby. But now you can. Now it's like, and they get you. They'll get you with the clearance stuff. And everybody gets Bass Pro cards. And you go up there and you're like, I'm going to spend 15 bucks. And then you're like, well, this is $5. This is, all right, I got a gift card so I can get this. That's 50 bucks. That's why I was saying I don't like Bass Pro because I go to Walmart. I can spend 10 bucks and get some shit. I go to Bass Pro. I'm like 40 bucks in before I realize. Here's what I do. I get this from our mom who's like the bargain shopping queen. I mean, she's going to go to community age. She's going to go to thrift stuff. She's just going to find it. If she wants to find. She's going to sit and cut coupons. Yeah. He's a couponer, huh? Coupons. Coupons. So she'll do it. But what I'll do is I'll go to Bass Pro Shop or Cabela's, and I'll take a picture of something I like. And you can always go to Google and find it for way cheaper. I just wanted one of those mesh game vests for like dove hunting or pheasant hunting, rabbit hunting, whatever. For some reason, you should be able to get them at Walmart for like 10 bucks. Yeah. Because they're, they're literally made of nothing. I mean, you, yeah. Right. I just wanted one to throw on my back, throw over your stuff. Couldn't find one. Went to Cabela's. Oh, they have a ton of them. 60 bucks. So I took a picture. I went to Google and sure shit, some dude out west was selling one for five dollars from a store. You know, buy today, free shipping. So that's what I do. I go to this place and I take pictures. You go to Google, go to Amazon, you're gonna find it. You know, um, what's that? Uh, I can't remember what it's called. Uh, Ally Express. You ever shopped on there? Like the Chinese Amazon? You ever got anything from there? You mean you mean Alibaba Express? Yeah, it's kind of like that. Yeah, it's all, what, there's two. Is, is it is it Ali? Yeah, there's two of them. There's one that's there's a little. I mean, it's the same thing. Well, so like, Alibaba's original site is like bulk shit, yeah. and the the AliExpress is like the Chinese Amazon. That's, yeah, that's what. Yeah, because yeah. that's where I got hooked up. This dude was like doing a comparison with the Rebel Crick Hoppers and these other expensive crickets, and he's like, dude, they have these knockoff ones in China for fifty cents, and I bought a couple, and they were. I gave one to his daughters and. You know, you throw them off a creek, you yeah. get some bluegills. You want to, right? so I'm, we've talked about this before when Lee was here, we kind of went in on, uh, avian X. So I, yeah. I'm not, you can see by the decoys I have on that jerk rig set over there. <laughs> I am not at all a fucking expensive decoy person. We, we repaint, repurpose. We like, that's how we, we play it. And, the thing is, like Avian X to me, I think people pay too much for it. Um, because so like take Greenhead. You can uh go on Alibaba, not AliExpress, go to Alibaba, their box store. Alibaba. And all this shit Don't do it. Uh, all this shit comes legitimately from the factories in China. You can actually look up duck decoys on Alibaba huh. and scroll down the page. And you'll find a bunch that just say duck decoy. And you click on them. All right, here's this one. Floater decoy, here's this one. You can get to a point where you actually find greenhead gear. It's say they're labeled greenhead gear decoys. Hmm. You can buy the greenhead deer, gear mallards for like $350 a pop. Like it's, it's now on Alibaba, not AliExpress, on Alibaba, you have to order like a thousand in a pop. For them to ship it to you, so obviously I'm not going to order 
that many birds. But you, if you look at the pricing on there, and for a thousand, you could buy them for three fifty a pop. You think about what Greenhead Gear is paying mm-hmm. per thirty thousand at a time to make their like dozen boxes of widgeons and shit, and uh, they're probably getting another kickback. They're probably getting them for two fifty oh, yeah. a piece. And then you look at the pricing; it's like seventy five dollars for six, and it's like. Motherfucker, I know you're getting them for like two fifty a pop. Are we spinning another business idea? Oh yeah. No, no, no. Me, me, and Mason have already thought about this. Snow goose decoys. You can you can buy snow goose decoys. Does he have another room in his basement just full of decoys? For, for he has a shed full of decoys. Hmm. But you can buy you can buy snow goose decoys for fucking nothing, like a dollar fifty a clip for like uh the flags or for the kites or whatever. Oh, okay, that's cool. And you could buy like you could you could have the biggest goddamn spread in Delaware for for like I don't know like eight hundred bucks off Alibaba if you felt like getting the shipment to your house of that many decoys. Like you you could legitimately have the the biggest Josh, spread. Josh, how many you bought a bunch of goose decoys you and Timmy from Marketplace, didn't you? Yeah, Facebook Marketplace. We and bought they, they repainted them. And they turned out really good. We bought a. I think it was 60 duck decoys for like 200 bucks. Some, some dude down on the shore was getting rid of them. Just, he had like an overstock in the shed. Yeah. But they were old. I mean, they were, they were, they were, they were so old. They were pretty much all black. All the original paint had worn off of them from, I guess the tide and the sands and all that stuff. Actually stuff that I was like, give me one or two. They would look cool here in your studio or cool. Right. Right. Yeah. That's just cool looking. That's right. That's why, that's why that one's there. Yeah. That's, that's, that's one of those, uh, that's a French or Italian, Italian or French. And one of those fucking weird old companies. Oh, that that green wing teal. Yeah, that is. I can't remember the name of it. I'll grab it. But yeah, that 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 decoy is just like an old company that nobody would pay a fucking dime for. But nowadays they're kind of cool. Like people right. like have them because they're cool. But yeah, he painted a bunch. It turned out really cool. And then he you painted a bunch of. Uh... I turned a. I, I've painted so many things now. I turned a couple really shitty old uh, mallards into some canvas backs. Coots. Sport I, Sport Plast. That's what that is from Italy. I've uh, Italy. I've repainted some old some old green wing teals into buffalo heads. That's you what know, just, that's what I did. That that whole one bag I have sitting right over there is is old Sport Plast and another company I can't remember. Green wing teals. I think Greenhead Gears. Paint was beat to shit. I painted them into buffalo heads, and then old mallards. I turned into uh, bluebills. Hell yeah! So yeah, I'm 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 all about the uh, the cheap decoy. Fuck yeah! Well, I'm on the I'm on the fence. There's that stink bug again. I see you. I see you. <laughs> um, you know, as much as I say, like even when I was back in my band days and stuff like that, like I'm not a gear dude. You know, like when we were doing music and stuff, it was you know, more about like the feeling and, you know, you can go get a cheap thrift stop thrift store guitar and play the same cool stuff as some dude playing on like a thousand dollar rig. And the same way with hunting. I know you have to have some nice stuff, but you you can, you can make do and you can do some cool stuff. And I say that as I'm I'm drinking out of my Yeti cups, you know, but, uh, I don't like sick of gear. We talked about that last time. You know, I do want to get into some of that, uh, the first light, I absolutely. I, I told Deidre, I was like, I've never bought a nice mm-hmm. jacket. 
And I think I'm going to finally buy a nice waiter jacket when First Light comes out with their uh, their waiter jackets this summer. But yeah, I'm not. I'm not a. Uh, I'm honest to God, man. Like I, my brother's a gun guy. Um, I have friends who are gun guys and uh, bow guy. Like they'll they'll buy a new bow every couple of years. As long as my shit still works, mm-hmm. if it still kills, that's why I shoot Stoger, man. I don't. I, cool. I do not at all mind. Those books a you have cheap, up there are rad. A cheap ass. I do not at all mind a cheap ass gun that gets the job done. I'll I'll use my gun in a split second as an oar if I have to. Yeah. And the guys with super <laughs> super like the guys with super Vinci's with me are like, fuck that. I'm like, okay, well I only spent five hundred dollars for this thing used, so Josh, I don't how care. How many how many birds did you kill while he was waiting to get another shotgun? I let him borrow my Mossberg five hundred. How many birds did you kill with that? Mm, quite a few i mean just the same as yeah i took it uh i mean i killed a bunch of doves with it that's what i killed those the choke on that thing's nice oh my god it's fantastic it's a cheap cheap gun that you can get at dicks and i just uh, a friend of mine gave me a really cool full choke for it and the only thing i don't like about it is if i had to complain it's fun to target shoot with but if you're if you're if you're hunting with it there's no easy way to say that, but you guys are making fun of me. You have to pump and cock that thing right. so hard. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop real quick. Okay. So Josh is showing me a picture of these decoys. I've bought some of those at auction, and me and Mason still use them to this day. Yeah, yeah. They're they're same style decoys. They're are they called uh, carry lights or feather lights? They're called feather lights. Feather yeah. lights. Those are yeah. the ones that uh, like I said, some some guy on the shore was getting rid of about sixty of them. So Timmy yeah. kept thirty, I kept thirty, and. I mean, I just repainted them re- with real cheap fucking. Yeah, thing. I mean, just Walmart spray paint. Me, me and Mason did the same thing, and we John, s- literally still kill birds over them. Tell tell the story about when you were hunting over them at Cadoris, and was it Chinese people that came up? Oh my god! Okay, so we're at Cadoris. We're at Cadoris. For those that aren't listening, is a is, you can hunt there. It's really cool. It's like five. The launch one of the launches you can get to is like two minutes from my house, but five or ten minutes you can get there and hunt. So it's a public lake. I know there's a lot of local guys listening to this, but if you're not, it's a big public lake. It's a couple thousand acres, and you can hike and bike and boat camp there. And Josh is 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 goose hunting there. He'll tell you this funny story. Yeah, so we're sitting there, we're goose hunting uh, early goose season, and uh, you know we got twenty five thirty decoys out. We got some shells sitting up on the shore, uh, stuff like that, and the water was up real high, so our blind. The rules of Cadoris are real weird with your blind. When the water comes up, it's it's got to be about twenty five yards off the water. Twenty yards, and you have to check it. You have to monitor. So if you get up, if your you, blind has twenty yards, yeah. If you so, if the water goes down, you have to move it closer to the water. So when we say blind, okay, they have Cadoris has. So can it be within like under twenty yards? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh okay, I was yeah, about to yeah. say I, I'm because I'm about to break so that rule. I'd be it, right the fuck up it, on it. it yeah, it, it can teams. exceed twenty yards from. I got the water. You. Okay, okay. Yeah. So they just a backstory. So they Cadoris does like the second or third week in August. You can do. They have fifteen spots. You can go register and do a blind drawing where you can have a permanent structure there. You have to build it and take it down, but for the whole season that can be there, and you have to go check on it. It like a two by four structure or whatever. You yeah, want it just has to build. be. You can't use PVC. You can't use anything that's you know in there. Hurts eyes, the environment. You know, right, right. the environment. But you can do some cool stuff. So you have to go check it every two weeks. You're required to, and uh, it can't just can't be in the water, right? Right. It can't be standing in the water. Now, if it floods, you, you just got to move it. So that's what Josh is talking about right now. Sorry. So anyway, we're sitting in the blind. We got you know two dozen decoys out, decoys uh, up on the shore, 
And uh, so the water was up real high. So we had the blind back almost in the woods and about 20 yards behind us is a hiking trail. But people veer off the hiking trail. They go out and they walk the water line. And I guess these people didn't see us in our blind and they just saw these geese. Because you were camouflaged, man. Yeah. Anyway, they saw all these geese in the water and they're coming walking towards these geese. It's this it's it's this lady and and what had to be an eight or nine year old daughter. They're walking up to these geese and they get about five feet away from our blind. Still have no idea that we're there. And I just stand up and I look at this girl and I go, they're not real. And she <laughs> screamed so loud, blood curdling scream. Like fucking Jason was coming out of the woods <laughs> after her. Back to her mom and they took off. God, it was one of the funniest things that's ever Yeah, happened. there is some spot. It's a cool place to hunt. And you, you, you'll see some cool stuff. We've talked about a lot of birds that we've killed up there. But there is some spots where there's hiking stuff. I mean, and some people, either they don't know or they just don't give a shit. We were hunting there one day and we were smashing birds. And some dude just is walking his dog, just comes up to us. and just hanging out there. And we're like, please leave. We're trying to shoot de- right, yeah, ducks. You know? uh, so. The very first day of early season, <clears throat> 2021. Uh, we're sitting out there and it's 80 degrees. I think you came out for the afternoon. I was wearing shorts. Yeah. We were they picked hunting, me up. hunting in shorts and we, you know, we saw birds early in the morning and then right at dark, there's these people on kayaks, right? And they're coming down the center of the lake. And then all of a sudden here comes 60 geese dumping in. And these people are 20 yards away from these geese. So we're like, morally, we want to, we can't shoot these birds as much as we want to shoot these birds. We still got five minutes of shooting light left. And uh, I just remember Tim yelling out, cussing at these people on yeah. these kayaks. Um, most of every every experience I've had up there has, has been pretty cool. Most of the guys are cool. We've, if it if it's during hunting season, yeah, fuck them. You're I, you're what, you're you're better than me because I don't. I at least <laughs> shot once or twice. Like yeah. at least like shot two and been like, get the fuck out. Like right. like it's if it's hunting season, like they have to respect hunting as much as you have to respect them doing whatever they're doing they have to respect hunting the same way well i've I've had again most of the time everybody's really cool the other the other hunters that we deal with are cool and and one thing about like where this place is in pennsylvania is it's not like maryland or places like you're used to hunting there's no i think i've texted you this but yeah yeah there's no space restriction so if i wanted to hunt if i knew you're out there hunting it's like virginia there's like a commonwealth law they're just like Y'all just go kill each other if there's an issue, and otherwise, right. so there's no there's no space off. restriction. I could just hunt right next to you. Everybody's pretty cool. The only two issues I've ever had up there was uh, we killed a couple mallards, twenty one. They came in beautiful. Uh, I smashed a real pretty hen, like the one you just got mounted. Just beautiful markings, just really pretty. And then the guy I hunt with, Goldhammer, he smashed this just stud Drake. And he kind of, it wasn't all the way dead. You know, they just, they don't die, right? So before he can get on the boat to get it, some dude on a fishing boat comes and chases it down, and we never saw it again. Now, whether the dude actually saw the. What do you mean, chases it down? He <laughs> was trying to get from one end, probably a, a boat like you're talking, like your buddy has, a big rig thing, and just going. I don't know if he saw the duck. I don't know if he was like, F those guys, but he kind of, I mean, he went straight for it. And we never saw the duck. I don't know if he hit it and it died. I don't know. I mean, pure conjecture, you know. The other issue that I had, and this isn't really an issue, it just made me mad, and it's probably going to make you mad as we were hunting up there. And you, if so, we were talking about the blinds. You can hunt out of a blind if you want, or you can just roll up and hunt. There's places that's marked where you can't hunt. 
Um, that's usually near the, uh, the launches and the sailboat areas. But other than that, you can look at a map and if it says you can hunt, you can hunt there. So we're hunting about four or 500 yards up from some other people. And there wasn't a lot of people out. And there was dudes at another blind down from us and they did a whole bunch of shooting and they winged a bird and you could see the thing was out in the water and it, it wouldn't come close to us. And it was just, it was hurting and they, and it was probably left to walk. The, yeah. It was like three hours. So we went on the boat and I actually tried to catch it with our net. And I was going to get back and chuck it to him, and it just dove. So we rolled up to these dudes, and I said, hey, man, you got a wounded bird out there. And they gave me a bunch of shit like I was bothering them. I should have just gone out of the boat and just smoked it and just, just peppered it. But to me, that's annoying. Like, you have a responsibility. I'm not trying to be high and mighty because we talk about funny stuff. But if you're going to go hunt and go kill the thing, go right. get it. Right. You know? No, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what you do. There's still a moral responsibility right. when you take a life of whatever the fuck you're yeah, taking. it's right. just annoying. And then... I'm not saying this to be Johnny Tough Guy, but like dudes came to me like they were like badasses. And I'm like, bro, you have no clue who the fuck you're even talking to right now. Like, you're like I work for the law, goddammit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't have good sea legs, but if I feel like standing up off this boat, you're going to get a mean talking to, sir. Right. So along those same lines, I was just a quick story. Uh, last year, me and Timmy went muzzleloader hunting for whitetail, early muzzleloader. Um, he's walking in to his stand and he calls me and says, Hey, there's this, there's this buck out in this field. Uh, he only had his bow at the time because he doesn't actually have a muzzle loader. Um, so he calls me and said, Hey, there's this little basket rack, eight point out in this field, come crack a shot off at it. So I did, I didn't have a good rest and I hit this deer in the guts, terrible shot. I mean, I feel guilty to this day, but we literally spent the next six hours tracking this deer for three and a half miles. And I ended up putting it down in this lady's backyard, uh, about a mile up from our farm up on. <laughs> yeah. Good, good on you. Cause most people wouldn't. Right. Wouldn't so that's what it. I'm saying. Like uh, you, you guys are talking about a moral obligation. Like that's, that's how we were raised. If you're going to wound that deer, you're going to put every fucking effort into finding that yeah, deer. Right, yeah. Dad, a couple times, like, no, I'm pretty sure I missed dad. Get down out of the tree. Yeah. And make sure, yeah, you know, you're looking for a white hair. You're looking for, yeah, that's, that's, that's how we, that's how we've always been too. That's fun. It's funny. Cause like our dad, I'm wearing like kind of reading glasses now, but our dad's wears like pretty heavy duty glasses needs them to see. But if there's a drop of blood or a hair in oh, the wood, he's, he's going to find it. Oh yeah. He's on yeah. He's a bloodhound. He's helped, uh, he's helped his buddy out in, out in Missouri a, t- a couple times locating deer that they thought were lost. Right on. Good times. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think there. I think there's a lot. There's also a lot of people nowadays that don't uh, abide by any moral obligation to what they shoot. Um, that's just. It's just part of. Uh, I guess. And it's it's hard to say, but I I I get could because I wasn't I was raised the same way you guys were, but I guess it's like this. Uh, it's lazy. Like a, like a lot of people are lazy mm-hmm. now. <laughs> I I guess it's just this lazy thing where people are like, "Fuck it, I don't care." Like that, I don't know. It's just how they feel. I shot a I shot a doe with a bow last year, pure on the shoulder. I actually knew I shot her on the shoulder. I was at full draw, and when I went to squeeze off, she stopped dead in her tracks, and I panicked. Because I was already like waiting for her to get into a spot, and I just swung back and shot. And when I did, the arrow hit her right in the shoulder, and it just whack 
and the arrow was barely sticking out. And she runs, she's standing like 80 yards from me, and I'm looking at her, and the arrow falls out, and she goes on. And me and dad looked for her for like six, seven, like probably uh, probably five, six hours. And we we jumped her, but she was just like naturally bedded. Like it was like we were in a spot that I was actually pumped that we looked for. Her. Right. So I was like, oh shit, this is where they bed. Like it was all, you know, all these bedding spots, but we were just back in there and like jumped her up. And, and she, I ended up seeing her later that year and she had like a very slight hobble, but like she was fine. And, but, but we spent all that time with a deer that I knew that we weren't going to find. Right. Like me and dad were both like, we're probably not going to, she's probably alive. But like we spent that amount of time looking anyway. Right. It's kind of something you just I did do if you care yeah, enough. Gonna say, you're just your, going to do. At your, at your duty as a hunter. Yeah. If you, if, you're it, gonna take yeah, the if shot. you squeeze the trigger, if you, if you drop the hammer on a deer, like whatever, if you do it, you have to be willing to take the time you are responsible for what you've done. So like you have to be able to take the time and, and with ducks, it's, it's a little bit different because people, it's especially different. Someone who's lazy with deer is super lazy with ducks. Like it's especially different there because the people who are lazy with deer are super lazy with ducks because it's just a fucking stinking ass duck. Right. Right, right. So they're just gonna, so I, I under like, there's been a billion times that we've been floating in a, 30 foot channel in Haver to Grace looking for a, an ugly ass ruddy duck that somebody shot like fuck where is it at yeah. Boop, there it pops up shoot at it at 80 yards goes back under take the boat over there like there's been plenty of gas wasted on ruddy ducks so well and again not know. that you'd want it to be injured but that's also kind of fun like let's get on the boat we've been in this blind all day let's get out here and get on the water see if we kick up anything else and let's go chase it down. I did this. I did kind of the opposite the other year, and I still it like bothers me to this day. Like the deer you have hanging up, not the mount, but the the where you have your hats hanging on. My ugly deer. Yeah, which one's ugly? Which one are you calling ugly? I'm not calling that one ugly. <laughs> I I shot that one in the ass. The two forty three. One with the hats on it. Mm-hmm. So when shot, I when I, ass, when I was did. like a twelve or eleven, twelve. Oh. Well, I shot. So I had a bad. You just had like one of those days. You know, we're kind of talking about before, like this is how this week's been. It seems like for everybody, right? I had one of those days where I went hunting and I got a little bit late and I had to walk up this gigantic hill to where I hunt. <laughs> and it was cold, but I knew it was. I knew that when I got out there from walking, I'm going to be hot. So I took my coat off and I'm carrying my coat, okay? And I have it kind of slung over my shoulder, get to my tree stand. I'm like, where the fuck's my coat? Well, I dropped it. So I'm trying to find this camouflage coat now in the woods, in the grass, in the dark. Sun's starting to come off. Find my coat. Get back up the tree. And this is just, you know, word to the wise for whatever. I, again, it wasn't the same day that I was with my nephew that killed the deer we talked about earlier. But another day where I, I didn't bring my rifle. I let, my dad brought this 300 Magnum because again, where I was going to hunt. I mean, I don't like to shoot that far, but you could shoot 500, four to 500 yards if you want. I don't shoot that far at all. I mean, I'm shooting hundred or less, usually 200 at the most, but so I'm like, I'll just take that. He can take his other gun. Not a big deal. Well, one thing I didn't do was check it. And I climb up the tree, get my coat. Sun's coming up. I go to put a, a bullet in the chamber in here. Clink. I'm like, what the fuck was that? Well, they had cleaned it and shot it a couple of days before and they didn't put the magazine spring back in. So it just went totally to the bottom of the, right. not even the chamber. 
So I got to like kind of wiggle this thing like I'm, you know, like in World War One in a trench. I'm trying to put the bullet like in the bolt in the thing. By the time I do this, here comes a deer. It looks just like that real wide. He stops 75, 80 yards away, quartering at me. I put it around his shoulder. Boom. He jumps up. I can see blood splatter. He does the kick that they all do. The mule kick takes off. About that time, our nephew Ethan was hunting with Josh here. And I'm pointing at him like everybody can see I'm pointing at him. Uh, but uh, he shoots. And I said, okay, well, I know. I know I got that deer. I'm going to go help right. my nephew. Well, he missed. I go up there. Josh has helped me. I find a chunk of the dude, the thing's shoulder. We found a chunk of bone. Uh-huh. Like you were getting a steak. Blood everywhere. And I didn't. I hit him like in the brisket and below his shoulder. Like where it meets the chest. Yeah, I've lost a few deer like that. You know, just not taking my time rushing and. We tracked that thing. I literally told my dad there was a couple big hills. I said, Dad, I'm just going to die here. Take care of my kids. <laughs> and we tracked that thing for about a mile and a half. And if it could go up the hills, it was going. It's, it's you know, we felt like it was okay, you know. But if I would have got down after I shot and looked, and, you know, there's a, that big myth of don't bump them up, stay in the tree stand. If I would have got down, I would have recovered or at least seen where that deer went and, and seen it was either okay or been able to take another shot at it. Did you talk about uh, going up and down hills and, and looking for a deer? Um, when I was a kid, I was a young, uh, I was probably 14, and dad would, we would go down to Virginia and we'd drop off the back side of the mountain. And we go, we still to this day call it steep side of the mountain. One side of the mountain in the Appalachian mountain range is super fucking steep, goes straight on down with saddles. The other side runs way out. And we're down at the steep side. And uh, dad is on the next ridge over. And I got my 243. And these does, I, I as a kid could shoot does under under the age of 16. And these does come around the head of the hollow. And they're coming around, coming around, coming around. And I'm like, all right, they're going to come right to me. And they they like hang up. I don't know if they smelled where I walked down the ridge or what. But they hang up like 125 yards away. And they're all stand, they all and like stop three quarters away across the head of the hollow. And they're, they're looking and I'm way below them. Throw the gun up, and I shoot, and the one falls. Like I'm like, all right, got her. And she jumps up and takes off down the ridge, and I boom, I shoot at her again. She, I miss. She keeps running. Shit, I swore I shot this deer in the shoulder. Like she was dead. Stop. I swore I shot her in the shoulder. I shot her in the guts, like the front of the guts. And we chase. We followed that deer across deep ass ravines and up ridges deep ravines up ridges so far away from camp that we were like four miles from camp and we were way we were like two miles down by the river and we were way down there and i was i was asleep snoring and dad dad bumps me on the shoulder and wakes me up and i wake up and dad goes look and i look in the ravine below me and that eight point right there on the wall there's there's a buck bigger than that right below us, mm. and I'm like it, he he just come, he come across the river from the ag fields the private ag fields down below, and dad we're sit, we're sitting there and dad's like look at this buck, and I'm like shoot him, dad's like there ain't no fucking way yeah like we're way too far we followed that deer so far that we got to a natural spring head off the mountain, and there was a little like a a flat with a stream in it. And you could see where the blood had congregated, where it, where that doe had stopped and took a drink because her guts were burning. 
she died somewhere on the mountain bears ate her but where her guts were burned she stopped took a drink and kept walking and that was like two ridges back wow and we we saw this buck and dad's like i don't even know where we're at i can't shoot this deer and it was it would have been like a top 10 buck that we'd ever killed down there and dad was just like Sorry, like that's that's how that's how much care like we take we take into it. There's a um, really cool website. This is gonna start off weird. You guys be like, where the fuck's this guy going? There's this really cool website called the Book Patch, called Beaver Hub. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> it, smells, it smells like book tr- book trap. <laughs> Tickles your lip. Yeah. Anyways, there's this really cool thing called the book patch, and it's kind of like Spotify or iTunes where you can write a book, and this place will put it in order, and you can publish it. And you can either order one for a couple bucks, or you can order whatever, bulk, or you can just whatever you want. So the other year, we're like, what are we going to do for, was it Father's Day or Christmas? Christmas. Yeah, it was Christmas, yeah. Like, our, you know, our dad, we have two, you know, we're two brothers here, and we're two of five ourselves and grandkids and stuff like that. So we're like, what are we going to get our dad? He's at the age where he buys himself whatever he wants. And so we went to this page and we started writing down hunting stories. And one of the stories they wrote in there is Josh and I are hunting and we're walking around one day and it wasn't a ravine like that, a little gully valley. We look over in this cow pasture down the bottom and uh, what we thought was a log, we came back, come to find out was I mean, very similar to that one you got mad. Just this monster thing. We came back and this thing's just standing up, walking away like he's Bambi's dad. And we never had a shot at it. And then we came back. Swinging his ass like a dickhead, like, oh, fuck yeah. you. Oh, yeah. Listen, all jokes aside, yeah. And he was at a spot where we talk about like marsh and mud and stuff like that. And it was on another piece of property. And even if we would have shot it, we couldn't have got in. There's yeah. no way we would have. Right, yeah. You know, we would have had to, to rope it out somehow. There's no way. So we go around the corner what 20 30 yards away and we kind of dicked around and we see this deer just thrashing the fence the cow pasture fence and has head stuck in the fence and we're like dude that fucking deer just came back and he got his head stuck in the fence <laughs> so i tell you <laughs> drop down i said josh drop down we fire off i drop down to my knee like a sniper he, like this is like a, call of duty he's over my shoulder so i take we, we got an eight mile per hour west wind <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah, you have the green light to go. Uh, Roger that for. Uh, and this spike sticks his head up like. Fuck. Well, so, <laughs> okay, so you you say that that's you're close. You're close. This thing's in, and it's just all we see is this is things ass end thrashing around, and it's just going to town like it's a fucking rodeo bronco bull. And I said, Josh, drop down, and one, two, three, boom, shoot this thing, and we go up to it, and it's a button buck. <laughs> With his <laughs> with his whole head stuck through a square in like the square, fence. like a square, just kind of. Oh Jesus Christ! Oh, so man. we're like, oh, what do we do? <laughs> and then we actually ended up taking that to. That's like veal. Oh yeah. yeah. Which listen, I eat the fuck out of it. I don't me care. But we too. ended up taking it. This was this was small, and, and you know, in hindsight, maybe we should just butcher ourselves. We ended up. We did take it to uh, a place that does like feeding the hungry. And when we got there, this this is what always sticks out in my head too. We're rolling up with this thing. And we're we're pumped. We still think it's this big monster buck that we had just seen ten minutes prior. Right. Well, I'm saying after when we took it to the place to drop off, we're walking in with this little thing, like heads held down, and this other dude, like literally, is picking one up and is carrying it in. And I don't know if you meant to say it as loud as you did, but you were like, "Look, that dude shot one smaller than us." <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I don't know. 
That was a cool thing. That's a cool idea. Anybody out there wants to do something cool, you know, we wrote a bunch of our hunting stories down for our, for our dad, and I have the copy of it now, and it's just a cool, whether you want to do pictures or not. Took a little bit of a serious turn there. We've been all over the place tonight. Yeah. But uh, All right, let's uh, yeah, let's wrap this thing up, and uh, we'll, we'll get back to it another time. All right, brother. All right, we'll see you all go. Thanks, man. Yep.